show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you as we launch an hour number one of another week of fun and excitement here on Free Talk Live. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so do enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Now then, uh, Saturday night, we brought you some breaking news about our friend Lauren Canario. She had been arrested by the federal government outside of the household of Ed and Elaine Brown. Now, Gardner, had you gotten any wind of this over the weekend? No, I didn't hear about this at all. I knew about the other guys, and they're being prosecuted right now, but I didn't hear about Lauren. Lauren uh, had gone down because Ed Brown was, uh, again, we're talking about Ed and Elaine Brown. They are currently in their home in Plainfield, New Hampshire. A, a couple in their early 60s, they've been found guilty, supposedly, in a federal court for some tax evasion charges. Anyway, Ed and Elaine don't want to go to jail because they've never harmed anyone in their lives, and mm-hmm. so, or at least they, they've, they, they've not been brought up on charges for her anyone. They've been brought up on tax charges. And so Ed and Elaine have made it clear to the feds that if the feds try to come after them, that they're simply going to shoot back because they don't want to go to jail. And uh, so there's, they've been holed up in their home for almost an entire year now. And throughout this whole process of them being in their home, friends friends and uh, other interested parties have been coming by to, to visit them and to talk with them and maybe bring them some food and bring mm-hmm. them supplies and, yeah. and show they support. They can't leave. Right. And show yeah. support for them. Well, they, they could leave, but then they'd risk Right. Encountering the feds. Likely. And so earlier this summer, there was a uh, a little concert that they put together, and it happened on a Saturday, and it started at noon. It went all day, and the feds hovered over it with a helicopter for quite a while and spent all your tax money on uh, helicopter gas. Right. And uh, who knows how many feds they, they paid to be out there that day. You could have made some money by giving people rides, maybe make it a you know, carnival thing. Yeah, well, they pay us all back, the taxpayers. Yeah, really. This weekend, they were going to be at it again. At the Brown household. They were going to be having another concert, and I was not able to make it myself. I went to the last one. This time I had to go down to, ba- uh, to Boston for the uh, Massachusetts Cannabis Festival. Oh, yeah. So that's why I couldn't go, but apparently a, no- a number of people attempted to go and were turned around by a federal roadblock that had been placed on a public road. Now, you think that, I mean, you think that in America, that in this so called free country that we have, you'd be able to travel down a a public road that you and I have all paid for with our tax dollars. Yeah. But not apparently when the federal government decides it wants to take control of uh, of the road, and that's what they did. They set up a roadblock with approximately 20 federal marshals, U.S. marshals. They were checking the papers and the intentions of every individual who was uh, in, who wanted to drive down that road. I mean, that, that on its own is shocking enough. The idea that the federal government has set up a roadblock somewhere in America that isn't the border, right? I mean, you're kind of used to the idea of seeing border guards and that sort of thing next to the border and in the vicinity of the border. But yeah. this is in the middle of little old Plainfield, New Hampshire. They were handing out paperwork to everybody that, that went by. They were handing out a warning, a written warning that essentially said that if you went on Ed Brown's property, you'd be in violation of some court order or something like that, or you'd be in violation of you know XYZ federal law. And so that's what happened with uh, Lauren and, and her husband, Jim. They were driving out to go and visit the Ed Brown residence for the concert that yeah, day. Yeah. They came across this federal checkpoint, and they were handed this piece of paper. Well, they turned around, and they, uh, they, went, down the, you know, they went back down the hill to, to talk about it. And that's where... So they, they didn't push against these guys. They turned around to talk about it. They didn't 
caused any sort of ruckus with them. They said, okay, well, they, they went back to this. they went back to talk about it. And Lauren, at that point, she was talking to her husband. She said she wanted to just walk through the woods. He talked her out of that. He said, if you do that, they're going to shoot you. Yeah. Uh, and because yeah. Lauren wanted to go and visit Ed Brown, right? And she's she's really not much for following orders, okay. especially ones given to her by the feds. Yeah. She thinks she's free. Right. You know, right. crazy old Lauren thinks she's crazy. a free lady. Uh, so she decided, she decided, like a free person would do, that she would just simply walk down the road. Maybe she'd visit Ed Brown's house. Maybe she wouldn't. At this point, she decided she just simply wanted to take a walk down this nice road that we've all paid for and we should all be able to use. So that's what she did. Uh, her husband did not accompany her. He wasn't interested in getting arrested or dealing with the feds because uh, he's just not as cool and collected under under pressure mm-hmm. as, as she is. Yeah. And so he stayed back while she took her video camera and began walking towards the police. Hmm. And that's where I'll pick it up uh, in her words. This is posted at nhfree.com. Oh, wow. They've got the video and everything? On the form. No, you'll find out what happened to the video camera here in a moment. Uh, But she is free. So she was arrested Saturday and then released Saturday. And we'll give you what happened in between the arrest and the release. Mm -hmm. Lebanon Jail Story Part 1 from Lauren. She says, at the roadblock on Center of Town Road, I walked past the state police, the county sheriff. But the fat U.S. marshal asked... Where are you going? Taking a walk, I answered. Numerous police started shouting at me. The fat marshal with no name tag put his hands on my shoulders. Another grabbed my video camera. Someone grabbed my hands from behind and started handcuffing me. I sat down to keep about four guys with guns from pushing me around. They got the handcuffs on about the time that I was laying on the ground. They carried me to the county sheriff's car, drug me inside, and buckled the seatbelt. They gave me notice I'd be video recorded while I was in the car. He didn't notice there was a clipboard between me and the camera. On the drive-out, the two-car convoy I was in saw Jim following them. They took a hard right to shake him, but they turned directly into the path of a second police car. Luckily, we didn't get T-boned by them. Mm. On the drive into Lebanon, a city police car came toward us with blue lights and a siren, a.k.a. Code 2. We pulled over, and he whipped around to talk to us. Do you want to go Code 2 to the station, said Mr. Blue Light? Nah, we don't need to, said my driver. Follow me, says Mr. Blue Light, and takes off with lights and sirens on the wrong side of the road. I guess we're going code, too. Sheesh. No wonder they put a seatbelt on me. I wonder how they would drive if it was an emergency. Wow. They were just transporting her. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. This is part two. As I was lying on the ground at the roadblock, one of the police said, Look out. She likes to get out of handcuffs. She has small wrists. I guess they watch YouTube. See, that's referencing a video that uh, that I shot and she edited of her and, uh, and another activist getting arrested for a protest at the IRS building here in Keene. When they put handcuffs on her, she was able to slip out of them because her hands and her wrists are just simply so small. They had to get, like, the kitty cuffs. These guys are doing their homework. They have yeah. kitty cuffs? Yeah. I, I guess. And so they must be watching uh, our YouTube videos together, Intel, on us. Uh, she <laughs> says, at the station, they dragged me to the booking cell, read my rights, and asked me to sign stuff. Mr. Monnier, this is the head of the U.S. Marshals in uh, in New Hampshire, yeah. Stephen Monnier, came out to talk to me. I guess I was smirking, and he said, this isn't a game, Miss Canario. There are lives at stake. Yeah, I thought, you're the one staking your lives out. I kept quiet and didn't sign anything. Good for her. And I have to say that from... The experiences we've had, the, the activists have had in this in this uh, in New Hampshire here uh, with the Free State Project, some of them have been arrested, and those who have refused to sign anything have had very strange things happen. And I'll, I'll explain what happened to here, uh, her right. here in a moment. And yeah. I just find what happened to her just surreal. Mm. So she didn't sign anything. The local police knew I hadn't been searched and asked the feds to search me. You search her, they answered. We haven't got a female agent, they said. 
So they brought out Brandy, the police dispatcher. <laughs> I didn't hold my arms out like she asked. So an interjurisdictional masterpiece in an interjurisdictional masterpiece, the fat federal agent held me by the armpits while the local dispatcher went through my pockets. After a few hours, another arrestee came in for drunk driving, and they drug me to a different cell. The fat fed tried to twist my wrist behind me to make me stand, but I guess he didn't have a tight grip, and I slipped to the floor. You see, you have to understand about Lauren Canario. She doesn't participate right. with the police. They have to carry her anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. She's not going to help them do their jobs. So if they want her to do something, they're going to have to just sort of manhandle her until they can get her into the position uh, that they need to get her into. Right. She says, in the back cell, I found a, pe- a pebble on the floor and scratched NHFree.com on the door. About 6 p.m., <laughs> the fat fed came ba- uh, gave back the contents of my pockets but kept the video camera as evidence. Of course. I took it as evidence that they didn't want that arrest video out on YouTube tonight. They opened the cell door. Stephen Monnier showed up at my cell and told me they were releasing me and to come this way, right out here. Okay, you can leave the cell. Follow me this way. Come on, let's go. She says, I just stood there. The local police will charge you with trespassing if you don't leave the cell. (laughs) He called the local police over. Look, lady, we don't have a beef with you. We're just holding you for the U.S. Marshals, and now they said you can go. We'd like you to leave now. They left the door open and then went out to regroup. I walked out into the booking room, and the marshals and the police made a path and opened doors for me out to the lobby. There, Monnier said I was under a court order to stay away from the Browns, that he was keeping the video camera, and they'd be contacting me in the future. I didn't hear any charges. I guess their prosecutor was advised uh, or advised them that charging someone walking down a road wouldn't make a good case. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. Ian Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the website are totally free, including updates. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you will know it first. If you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or a limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL, like Free Talk Live. That's code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Now, we just finished uh, telling you a little story from uh, our friend Lauren Canario, who was arrested by the federal government over the weekend for attempting to drive down a public road. Uh, well, actually, she wasn't even driving. She was, uh, excuse me, she wasn't trying to drive down. She was trying to walk down a public road. And uh, it just happened to be that the public road was in the vicinity of Ed and Elaine Brown's home. That and the, likely she was headed to Ed and Elaine's Brown's well, home. That, that oh, yeah. was probably the case, but the, the Fed certainly didn't know that for a fact. And is that something that the federal government can do? The Feds have placed a ban on people going to the Ed Brown household. Is that is that within their power? I mean, I understand they they've got guns and they can pretty much do whatever it is that they want to, but is that constitutional at all that they can say, "Okay, here is an area of America that you cannot travel, even though everyone can travel nearby it and it's not any different. It's not like it's a federal facility or something like that. It's not like it's a secure area. It's a piece of property that people are allowed to come and visit. Can can they do that? 
Well, I, I don't see that they couldn't. Is this just might makes right? Is that all this really is? Or now, is there some tr- imagine, constitutional provision? Imagine for a second that Ed and Elaine were uh, murderers, uh, mm-hmm. that they uh, chop people up on a regular basis and put them in their freezer. Okay. I don't think that I would have a problem with them, and they were holed up in their home in the same way that they currently are. I don't think I would have a problem with them, um, you know, stopping people from aiding and abetting this, you know, group of murderers. They're not. Now, I, you know, I don't agree with the way Ed and Elaine have been uh, um, charged, and you know, they haven't done anything to anyone. Right. That, that's. Um, but you know, I don't see that you can't stop somebody from aiding and abetting. Yeah, this makes a, a great assumption about intent. You know, uh, you they don't know her intent about walking down that road. They're making sure. very great assumptions. She is not committing any crime by walking down the road. Right. She isn't doing anything anything malicious. If she were to cross over onto their property, then perhaps there would be a statutory question regarding the fact that they are convicted felons, and maybe they would come up with a statute aiding, aiding and abetting a convicted felon or something like that. Even then. Uh, you don't know if they've got some sort of uh, cease and desist order against someone like that. Again, you have to know intent before you can really carry out anything. Right. So walking down that road does not indicate that she's ready to break any crime. She's not breaking uh, breaking any law. She's not breaking any law by walking down that street at all. And there is certainly no curfew on that particular street that could be imposed by the federal government and not one that's been imposed by the local government. Well, what, what we're what we're not what you're not looking at here on the intent issue is um, intent would have to be proven by a jury of her peers. So it's not you. Oh well, we don't know because she was walking down. I mean, it's it's Lauren Conario. They know who she is. They know she's an hour and a half from her house. They know that she has been to Ed and Elaine Brown's in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that a, uh, a you can come up with a reasonable doubt, that, or you know you can you can say beyond a reasonable doubt that Lauren Conario was likely heading to Ed and Elaine Brown's. But there's house. no. But how is that a crime though? Aiding and abetting, in the same way that he that if she it's crossed, aiding and abetting to go and talk with some people that are wanted by the feds. Well, I don't, I don't know. It would be interesting. I'd love to talk to my brother about this. I don't know if he's ever dealt with anything like this because he's an attorney, but he has a general practice, and and I don't know if going to meet with someone, if you're not even bringing anything, mm-hmm. uh, if you were to get frisked or something like that, and be it'd be drawn through just verbal conversational. Uh, Meetings would be considered aiding and abetting, but I don't. Th- I, there must be some statute that they could come up with to, to stop her, at least at his property. There, I could see legally that they could make some sort of argument to stop her from going in there. Uh, I but suppose otherwise, the, I don't know. I suppose the legal argument would be that you know, well, they've been found guilty, and therefore we are able to take uh, to seize their property, and so technically we have seized this property in uh, you know in court. Even though Ed and Elaine are still sitting in the home, yeah. the feds could say, "Well, we've seized, seized the property, therefore it's now federal land, and you can you you can't go on it." Mm. Uh, I I could see that as being their position, but nonetheless, it's still just a despicable position to come from. Well, it and is sad that the the feds can just take a piece of property and turn it into a federal zone, and then start checking people's papers in order to allow them to drive on a road that happens to uh, to abut that zone. Now, granted, they use their muscle, but they did drop the charges. I mean, there never were any charges. Well, they they, they did not charge her then, so right? Because they shows, had nothing. Well, I, I think they. I think that you could show something. What do you mean? I think you can show an intent to a jury of peers. Why didn't they charge her then? I don't. Because they were being nice. Well, maybe it's because they because it wasn't that great of a case. Well, maybe they didn't want to deal with having Lauren Canario around, having to carry her from place to place. Maybe that was a factor. 
Maybe sure they, couldn't hurt. Maybe they gave her up for um, for that reason. Uh, she wouldn't sign any of their paperwork, and that might have been a factor as well, because usually in the papers that you sign when you are put into jail, they have very explicit agreements that say, okay, yeah, we'll let you out on bail, but you have to agree to obey all of our rules and our laws and stuff. Right, they just backed away and let her walk out. Exactly. They opened all we- the doors. In a very weird way. Very <laughs> surreal. They opened all the doors for her, and they said, okay, you can go now. She didn't move anywhere, because that's just how she is. She doesn't do what people tell her to do. And uh, and then they said, look, you either leave or we're going to charge you with trespassing at this point. And they opened all the doors and backed away, and they, and they let her out. Just a totally bizarro situation. I think they knew they didn't have anything. They were just harassing somebody, and this is what they, I mean, this is what they can do. They know yeah. that she's probably not going to file a lawsuit against them, so it's all said and done, except they still have her video camera. Now, what's going to happen with that, I'm not sure. I don't know if she'll ever see it again. I think we can make a pretty good guess that she will not. Uh, but nonetheless, if we uh, if more develops here, we'll certainly keep you informed. As of tomorrow morning, both Lauren and another activist, Cat uh, Canning, are expected to be protesting yet again here in the Keene IRS office, and I'll be out there to videotape it. So I'll let you know what happens All right. uh, with that. In the meantime, let's go to the phones and talk to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Yeah, if you see a police car going down the road and it's headed towards the police station... And that's where the cops are plotting drug raids, and that's where the cops are holed up, and where they're they're plotting to go out and and violate people's rights. Then there's nothing wrong with just blasting them away because they're on the way to a property that uh, the cops are using, where the cops are holed up to uh, plot violations of people's rights. And then afterwards, if you see, well, all they were doing was just driving in that direction down a road that simply abuts that property, and we don't really know that they were on their way to the police station, then you let them go after they're shot. Thanks I for the understand. advice, Tom. I don't think I'll be taking it. Uh, <laughs> but the absurdity of it is understood, yeah. Thanks thanks yeah. for the call. No, sorry, not so interested in going on a cop massacre. Uh, that just doesn't seem like it's going to get anything pr- uh, productive done. You you can't go and and just attack the cops and and expect anything significant to change. All that's going to change is that all of a sudden the entire police force They'll be will, be, will be after you. They'll be looking for you, and they you know, will want blood. And you know, I got to say, you know, on this on this thing with the Browns, I, I'm very impressed that people are still going over there to try to stick up for the Browns after the Browns, particularly Ed, has consistently acted so paranoid and so defensive in so many ways that he's driven away a lot of people. Yeah, I'd be supporting. paranoid too if I was that. Yeah, Brown. that's a good point. Excellent. Anyway, don't take Tom's advice. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We don't recommend violence. I think all of this can be solved with nonviolent approaches, and Lauren Canario is an excellent example and her techniques of great nonviolent effective approaches. George Phillies is the right candidate for president, a serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Live streams are there. A broadband version of the show and a dial-up version for you for free at freetalklive.com. Do you have questions about the liquidity crisis, the China option, and the Fed chairman's unenviable choice between hyperinflation or the deflationary implosion followed by... 
Hyperinflation? You would have guessed that, though, wouldn't you, Gardner? <laughs> Visit D2Z.org or contact Troy at D2Z.org. I think Gardner just snorted. <laughs> I think he did. He said, like he's having a fit. I didn't realize that deflationary implosion followed by hyperinflation was such a funny well, line. it's like that line you gave before. I wish the anarchists would just leave me alone. <laughs> Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Ms. Lauren Canario. Speaking of anarchists who won't leave me alone. There you go. Uh, Lauren is on the line with us on the amplifier line. Hello there. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, Lauren. Well, we're doing well. Uh, we, of course, were just talking about your adventures in the world of the federal government, uh, I guess, arresting you for nothing. Yeah, Lauren, weekend. are you like Maxwell Smart? Those doors at the end of the show just <laughs> opening up for you? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's what it was like. It was really weird. They just, you know, stood back and, like, watched me and walked backwards as I was approaching them, and then they opened <laughs> the doors and let me out. What do you think they were, I mean, what was their reasoning for letting you out so quickly? I don't know. Uh, I was thinking they didn't have a case. It could be because they didn't like the way I was, they had to drag me everywhere. I don't know for sure. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. Now, just I mean, on uh, on a totally unrelated topic, you probably just heard the, the the phone call from Tom in New Hampshire, and uh, of course, you everybody that listens to the show knows that Tom likes to get on and advocate killing cops, which of course is uh, 180 degrees away from your tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you use total nonviolence. You 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 don't resist the police, but um, I mean, how would you describe how you handle police encounters? Uh, I guess just non-cooperation. And what does that mean for for people that are that have never heard of uh, Lauren Canario and non cooperation? What what does that translate to? Oh, they ask you to you know hold out your hands so I can put handcuffs on them. I'm going. I don't think so. And mm. I just yeah. Hold, why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> now, did they actually have to uh, get another pair of handcuffs for you this time out? No, they they had small enough ones this time. Oh, so they were prepared. They came for ready you. for you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right, so guys, you've got Lauren Canario on the line. Uh, it's an opportunity to ask her questions. If you had anything at all, this would be a, a good chance. Yeah, Lauren, that. I was wondering, it seems like they, they knew about you uh, because they had seen you on YouTube. Is that right? I mean, they knew that you had uh, an ability to wriggle out of handcuffs, right? That's the only place I've ever uh, mentioned it. Yeah, it was on the YouTube video. Right, and, and who said that? Was that one of the federal marshals? Uh, he was behind me, so I couldn't, you couldn't see. Tell. Right. It was, probably right. was one of the federal guys. Now, had you indicated to any of these any of these people your destination when you were walking? I didn't answer any questions, uh, or they didn't ask me any either. I, uh, right. They, now, hold on a second. Before that, though, you guys were pulled over on the side of the road. Now, did you did you not tell them at that point that you were going to see the Browns? No. Well, the fe- no, I never told the feds. They never asked me any questions. I never answered any questions. Smart. Right. But wait a minute, wait, 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 was it Jim, your husband, that uh, told them you were going to see the Browns? Because they, they pulled you over on the side. There was a roadblock, and yeah, you guys it, attempted to go through, and they stopped you and asked for papers. What was? Did they ask you at that point, or was it Jim that answered? The first thing they asked you at the road point, or the roadblock was, uh, where are you going? And Jim said, we're going out to the Ed's, Edinburgh and Lane's place. I see. Mm. Hmm. All right. <laughs> so let's see now. When they had stopped you at the roadblock, was those the same people? Okay, all right. So you're walking along the road, and they're making an assumption that you're going to be walking towards Ed and Elaine's place. Yeah. Okay. And although I have free will, and I could have walked, uh, you know, and changed my mind and came back before I actually Absolutely. did anything. Absolutely right. And you I, certainly could have, but then uh, you would have had to have been on a free road, and at that time the feds had taken the road as their property, which yeah. is just bizarre. Now, you weren't the only casualty that particular day. Uh, Russell and Kat Canning had their car stolen by the feds that very same afternoon. 
which I was informed, uh, I guess I, I was looking at the thread on NHFree.com, apparently they've gotten their car back. Really? Yeah. At this point. It's great. That's great. It sort of sounded like she stole it from the uh, tow yard. <laughs> I don't know if she stole it from the tow yard. It sort of sounded like maybe there were some employees there that didn't really know it was supposed to stay in the tow yard or something to that effect. Yeah, well, she got it back. That's great. Maybe they used their persuasive powers yeah. to, uh, to get possible. it back. Now, Laura, what are you doing tomorrow morning in Keene, New Hampshire? Tomorrow morning we're having a uh, little get-together outside the Fed building, also known as the post office here. And uh, we're just going to wave some signs and uh, sort of... Uh, what uh, if the feds wanted to come and arrest us since we didn't get to our court thing uh, today? Right, because it's been about a month now since you and Kat were both arrested outside of the, or actually inside of the IRS office here in Keene. They slapped you with a $100 fine with a $25 fee on top of the $100 fine. It's like a processing fee, so it's oh, really a $125 fine. Yeah. And, of course, you guys aren't interested in paying the fine, nor are you interested in showing up in court. Um, did, do you even know when your court date was supposed to be for that? Uh, it was supposed to be today, I think. Ah, uh, okay. So then in, in this, in that case, then you've got a situation where both of the outlaws, Lauren and Kat, will be Very showing dangerous. up at the scene of the crime, and they have not shown up in court. So, would, I mean, is it safe to say that they want you? Are you wanted? Is there a warrant out for your arrest at this point? Uh, I heard rumors that, there, that someone looked and there is no warrant, but huh. you never know. They could be behind on their paperwork. Right. So basically, I mean, if they want to get you, they're going to, they probably know right where you're going to be because we know that the feds are constantly monitoring NHFree.com and the forums there. So if they want to make a move on you, they very well could do it tomorrow morning. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I guess the pressure's on, and we'll see what happens at that point. Though, But it's not like they don't know where you live, right? I mean, they could probably follow you to your house and get you there and avoid all the cameras and stuff. Yeah, I'm not trying to avoid them or anything. Right. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Lauren, anything else you wanted to touch on while we're here? Yeah, uh, Tom from New Hampshire. I like, uh, like him when he calls up. He's always a spunky guy, but uh, always interested in uh, killing police. But uh, I can't say that I haven't uh, thought of the same thing in great detail, but... You know, I really wouldn't want to live in a world like that where uh, you you were killing people to get your way. It's true, and and it's just so much more powerful when you can approach things from a nonviolent perspective, as you do. And when people look at that, they can see, well, she's not dangerous at all. Why are you treating her like this? Why are you why are you behaving in this way? And and also, um, escalating to violence just simply puts you on the same level as them. It it makes you just as low as they are. I think that uh, that we rise above them by being nonviolent, and I think that it's far more effective that way. And, and as I said before, plus then the cops, you know, if you're nonviolent with them, then they let you out like they did with you but if you're violent with the cops you, yeah, might, as well just be, you might as well just be signing a death wish right lauren it's awesome talking to you as always and uh, we'll all see you tomorrow morning all righty thanks for the call see Bye. you Lauren. 800-259-9231 continuing with the phone calls paula in florida you're on free talk live paula in florida going once yeah hi hon it just came across out of the house there's a bill coming they're getting together we're getting out of our rack period they said they're tired of gw's crap oh what a load come on now that's not going to happen yep they've already got they've already started and they said they are tired of his games he's playing now wait a minute is this for real are you joking did you you get this off of your fax machine no it is on tv all right what's this about she's saying there's a bill now in the house to uh pull out of iraq which, I, if that's true, then that's great news, and we will look into it. And if it's true, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. Wolseley is the one that brought this, bringing it. Whoever that is, I presume that's some Woolsley, representative. She's a Democratic representative. All right. Mm. Well, thanks for the alert, Paula. Anything else okay. on your mind? 
Okay, hon. Take care. Thank bye. you. Thank wow. you. I don't think Paula has ever hung up on us before. She's oh, tired yeah. of your crap. <laughs> Let's talk to Wallbound in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live with the Incard and Mark. Gentlemen, hey. how are we going? What's on your mind, Wallbound? All right, two two questions or or two points that I'd like to make. Uh, you had a guy call in the other night or two nights ago. His name was Tony. He had a family member who went to Iraq, mm-hmm. and yeah. all the propaganda and everything. I'd like to ask one simple question. Other than, with the exception of the Soviet Union and the United States, how many other countries own nuclear weapons? There's like a 40? few of them. Yeah, there's a few. A few of them, right? Yeah, yeah. a few dozen. All right. But we go into Iraq for the purpose of searching for weapons of mass murder or mass destruction. Correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the hell is the people coming in on us for the same damn thing? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, if it's bad I to mean, have... I mean, come weapons, on, seriously. If we're going to go to war... That's a brilliant over question. ...over weapons of mass destruction, and it's in our there. arsenal alone, we have at least a thousand nukes. More on the way. Hang on, Wallbound. I know you had something else. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so do enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then head on over to freetalklive.com and... Maybe buy some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. Go to store.freetalklive.com, and we've got everything from Free Talk Live t-shirts to uh, Free Talk Live hoodies. We've got the bottle lighter opener, uh, the lighter bottle opener combo. And Gardner Goldsmith was modeling our Free Talk Live beanie cap here earlier tonight. Check That's it he, out online. Kid. He just shaved his head, and it's cold. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it is. I got a headache because of it. Does that beanie cap work, Gardner? Does it keep it warm? It okay, works good. beautifully. That's it's actually one of the thicker ones I've had on. Because we great. want form, and we want function here on Free Talk Live. Anyway, you're going to like the products. Head over to store.freetalklive.com to place your order. That's store.freetalklive.com. Back to Wallbound in North Carolina. Uh, You're back on Free Talk Live. Thank you. All right. What was your other point? Uh, I wanted to get off the subject. I made my point with the weapons of mass destruction. Oh, yes. I don't don't think I have to go any further on that. And if everybody's ignorant and can't figure it out, then I'm not going to draw my picture on it. There you go. (laughs) All right. Second point. And I'll make this quick. You talked about a four year old child severed in half by two police officers. That's right. The cops were out of control. Uh, one police officer ran into another police officer's car. A little boy was caught in the middle and killed. Oh. All right. Now, here's my problem I have with that situation. You stated that the officers wasn't got any reprimands and that the city or the state or whatever was going to pay for the funeral. Yeah. That's correct? Uh, I'm sure That's... they reprimanded the officers, but uh, they're not fired or anything like that. Well, see, here's the problem I have with that situation. At the very, very least, the person that was driving the vehicle that actually uh, failed to slow to observe other pigs <laughs> is responsible for the death of that child. All right, At the very least, he should be charged with negligent homicide. Yeah, yeah but he's a cop, so he won't. If I so had won't. my way about it, I would have him charged with vehicular homicide. Usually they only give the, give what action of his duty that he was in the process of doing, he failed to slow for other well, you know, I, I would say that it, it's, as far as vehicular homicide goes, usually that is reserved for drunk driving. Could very well have been manslaughter, though. I mean, I'm could have been sorry, something. but I have a buddy in prison right now who's doing three-term life sentences, and he had no drugs, no alcohol, anything in his system, and he hit and killed 
three people in mm. a van, and he was charged with three counts of vehicular homicide. Mm. Yeah, so, it's just a different. Again, why aren't they being charged? Because they're the cops, and they you know they're better than everyone else apparently. Well, you know, they I can would do like no wrong. to take, I would like to take the Lauren Canario status on this, you know. But the more and more I sit back and listen and and, and see. Every day, day in and day out, someone shot, someone killed. 92-year-old woman has drugs placed on her and shot. You know, I see that every day. And we're going to do 180 degrees again because after the Laura and Canario stuff just doesn't, if it doesn't work, then you've got to go back to Tom. You've yep. got to do something. There's, there's got to be a middle path somewhere. If civil disobedience is going to work in some situations, which is great. I, I applaud Lauren. I really do. I, I'd, I'd have walked out of that car and walked right down that street, too. Mm-hmm. But, again, you've got to turn that 180 degrees. When, when something doesn't work, it's the definition of Einstein. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and you're expecting a different result, then you're insane. I agree with that. And I think that Lauren's approach is working. It's just that the only problem is there's only one Lauren, Lauren and one Canario. Russell. Yeah, yeah that's We it. need more people to adopt that, that mentality. We need more people to take on that approach. We need the civil disobedience to be, uh, to be much larger. You know, right now we've got people like Lauren and Russell. They're going at it alone, or maybe two people at most. What happens when it's 10? What happens when it's 50? What happens when it's 100 people who all adopt that same nonviolent, non-cooperative, operation mode where if they're getting arrested they don't help the police they don't stand up when they're ordered to stand the police have to pick them up and carry them can they handle that with a hundred protesters i don't think so so really it's it's a matter of numbers it's a matter of getting those activists all into the same place and that's what the free state project is all about now the free state project is about moving liberty lovers to new hampshire inevitably that means the political crowd's going to come here too and so when the civil disobedience points out something that's wrong with the system then the hopefully the the political guys can go and change the system to maybe make it better. Mm. Uh, but you're right, Wallbound. If none of this works, if a hundred people get in there and a the hundred people get arrested and they they you know tow them all off and put them in jail cells and they don't let them out, and then you know if the political guys aren't getting anywhere and the feds crack down on the streets and there are roadblocks everywhere and they're checking papers, there is a certain point where the line in the sand will be crossed. But I think that's a few years from now. We're far away from that at this point. But uh, where that point's going to be is hard to say. It's not here yet. And until that point gets here, I think nonviolent solutions are the answer. Wildbound, final thoughts? Uh, yeah. I would like to make a policy statement. And it's towards the unified health care. If mm. you're going to rob Peter to pay Paul for John's debt, you're a socialist. Mm. You got that right. Thank you for the call, Wallbound. Appreciate hearing from you at 1-800-259-9231. By the way, I was looking on uh, Drudge Report for this bill that Paul is talking about. Have you seen anything yet, Mark? I, no, I, I, I have Drudge open, too, and there are no updates on it. She must yeah. have the uh, you know, the Paula report where she gets everything in like two hours before it, it hits Drudge. Well, uh, she may very well. Now, speaking <laughs> of the uh, political uh, folks from the Free State Project doing mm-hmm. their thing, um, I was out yesterday at the uh, Manchester Republican Party's uh, straw poll. Oh, you went to yeah. that? Yes, okay. I did. It was like a big Ron Paul thing, right? It, it, that's all it was. Um, <laughs> they, there heard... were a handful of people running around with uh, stickers from other candidates on. Yeah. 
Um, and I mean, that's all really handful. Six, seven, eight, maybe. Right. People I heard Ron Paul got over a hundred votes, and the next runner-up uh, was 17. Fred Thompson with seventeen. That's correct. Right. Wow. Um, so it was a it was a landslide for Ron Paul. He even won the kids' vote. That's great. Now, um, so it, it was it was a really great party too. It was they had music going on. It was fun. I wonder whether the Republican parties around the nation are thinking to themselves, "Hmm, this is a great fundraising this uh, straw poll thing. We can get all the Ron Paulies to come out and buy our ten dollar hot dogs." <laughs> Well, we that is what we happened. We won't send our guys out there, and we'll be getting all our money from the Ron Paul people. <laughs> well, it, that is what happened. Yes, that is fascinating. But it was uh, it, it was it, it's Any nice interesting to see conversations, or I mean, did anything worth talking about happen besides Ron Paul winning? Um, you know, I met a lot of uh, listeners. That's good, excellent. And of course, uh, once more, the Ron Paul straw poll victory gets no, virtually no national press coverage oh, yeah. in the pop media in any way. I don't like know if his... I would cover that. Honestly, yeah, the yeah. press. Yeah, I mean, really, I, that, that straw poll. I, I it's the first straw poll I've been to. I'm not saying Iowa was the same. Iowa was the same. I'm certain it wasn't. But you know, maybe um, there were 150 people. Well, there. they haven't seen fit to cover any of the straw polls except for the ones where he's lost. So they covered the Iowa one. They covered a different one. But I mean, they pretty much have kept quiet about the ones he's come in first or second place in. So, I mean, they've been trying their best to shut him out, and it's just not working for them. What do you guys think? Uh, I, I was fascinated. Ron Paul was on with uh, Bill O'Reilly on his TV show oh, gosh. on Fox. Yeah, I know, saw that Bill clip. O'Reilly. You saw that? Yeah. Let me ask you, what do you think about this? Because I think Ron Paul makes so many great points, and then he's going up against uh, O'Reilly, where O'Reilly, it's of course, doesn't let him talk. He interrupts right. him, and, and, and Ron's trying to say, will you let me finish, please? Yes, he did. And there were some points about Iran that I think are quite interesting. And um, I've pointed out to some of the people who listen to my program, I say, look, you know, if you're in Israel and you want government against government, the Israeli government is, and the Israeli people actually, are justified in self-defense now against the government of Iran, because the government of Iran, of Iran has said that they will wipe Israel off the map. Israel won't stand. They haven't made those explicit types of threats against the United States. Mm-hmm. Then you hear all these stories about Iran wanting to v- develop a nuclear weapon, uh, and they're getting centrifuges, 3,000 centrifuges. They're working underground. They're getting things from Russia and from North Korea and so on and so forth. All the people who love to deal in geopolitics are following this very closely, and uh, they don't present questions such as were brought up just a few minutes ago, uh, which is, you know, if we were sending weapons inspectors into Iraq because we were worried about weapons of mass destruction, how come they're not in here worried about weapons of mass destruction, which I think puts the shoe on another foot. But uh, Ron Paul was saying he doesn't think that Iran is, is much of a threat, and he doesn't think that Iran is going to develop a nuclear weapon within 10 years. Mm-hmm. I happen to disagree uh, within the time frame. I think they'll probably have one within, within a couple of years. The question is, are they a threat to the United States government and, our, and the people who are living under it? And how does one respond given that sort of a, a situation where we have government pitted against government, the people of Iran, obviously the majority of the people in Iran have no qualms with the United States in you know, sure. virtually any way except maybe our intervention in the Middle East. So we say, how do we handle this sort of thing? This is a very, very big problem. Get the do hell we, out. Yeah. Well, you I'm, pulled the troops that's home. what Ron Paul says, you know, get the guys out of Iraq and don't attack Iran. That's exactly what they want us to do. It will embolden Ahmadinejad and his, his supporters there. Sure. And it will turn the uh, people towards Ahmadinejad. Well, right. And s- most um, Iranians, uh, the, the young people, are, want very much to be westernized. Mm-hmm. It's just that they, you know, the, the government itself is, it's not, it doesn't do a very good job of representing its people. The only pro-freedom solution is to bring the troops home from all over the world 
shut down those military bases and show the world that America has turned over a new leaf. We are once again a neutral country. We will no longer support any of the old alliances that we've signed, and uh, we're going to keep to ourselves. And we'll do business with the rest of the world, but fight with them? No thanks. No need for any of that anymore. More on the way. Hour 2 is coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. On the way, we'll tell you about a federal prosecutor who's been arrested looking for a little bit of underage sex. A little bit more underage than you might think. Wow. We'll get to the details first. We'll go to the phones and talk to Bill in Oklahoma. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Hi, guys. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Well, i got a few things. First of all, I think uh, I want to clear up the, the mystery Paula bill. I think the one she's alluding to is the troop rest bill. Basically, the Democrats are trying to give the soldiers more time to recuperate in between tours of duty in Iraq. She claimed that, uh, this is Paula in Florida who called in last hour, she claimed that there's a bill that's going to bring all the troops home, and it's been introduced in Congress. I mean, well, that's that's this, pretty different. This bill, no, I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. The, uh, the proposed bill that's, that's in Congress now, the Democrats' plan is to slowly retreat the servicemen gradually over a period of time, to prove to the people of the Middle East that, hey, we're not here to fight with you, this is ridiculous, and then hopefully con their way completely into a complete withdrawal sooner or later. So she was partially right. The problem is Bush is going to veto the bill, so it's not going to go anywhere anyway. Right. And they don't have two-thirds to override him, so it's just it's just symbolism then. It's what it is, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, second thing... Uh, yeah, I mean, hold on a second. If they're going to do something symbolic... Why wouldn't they do something? I mean, if they understand that uh, this is not going to go anywhere, why wouldn't they do something symbolic and say, let's get all of the troops out right away, as Mark would say, on the first thing smoking. Ron Paul is also in this camp. He says, let's get them home as soon as possible. None of this drawn-out crap, this, you know, okay, we're going to take 5,000 here and then 5,000 there, and then five years from now we might be down to uh, 50,000 left. <laughs> you know, uh, why wouldn't they just put out a bill that says they're all coming home within the next month, and then let, let that one get vetoed. Uh, well, that would be... Well, it doesn't matter, because either way you look at it, it's going to be a waste of, of a tree anyway. But it'd be more yeah. powerful symbolism, you see. It would show that they actually do care about bringing the troops home sooner rather than later. But no, they're just a bunch of politicians, and they don't actually care about the troops. No. Exactly. Uh, second uh, uh, item to discuss, um, I don't know if anybody caught this. Uh, Mr. McCain has apparently switched... Uh, religious affiliation. Really? He's gone from being a Pascopalian, I guess it is. Pascopalian. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, right. To now he's a, a, a Southern born Baptist. That's interesting. I don't know what the difference is between the two. Well, it, it, it's quite a bit of difference um, in that. You know, Episcopalians are uh, you know very uh, low key. Well, it's like a, a Catholic light. Um, okay. You know, it's they they 
No confessions, none no. of that stuff. Whereas uh, the Southern Baptists have a reputation. Certainly not all of them, not even half of them are, are this way, but they have a reputation for being loud and Bible-believing, meaning that they, they believe the Bible literalists. Aren't they also were. a pretty large voting block, the Baptists? Well, um, they're noisy. Well, as I recall, when we were looking at the percentages of, I think, uh, I think it was just religions in general here in America, the Baptists were pretty, pretty heavy percentage. There's a lot of them. Okay. So maybe he's well, pandering. Well, I, well, and it, here's where I was uh, trying. Uh, I am going to go with this. Is mm-hmm. that very soon he's going to probably knock on Ian's door and declare himself a, a universal Unitarian just to sway his vote. <laughs> I'm not a, a Unitarian. That's, That's Mark. I'm the atheist. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you guys okay. get me so confused sometimes. It's not real. Um, all right, one more thing. And I'll, but I'll I can tell you what go. I'd do if John McCain uh, stopped off at my door. I'd hand him a liberty card and say, no thanks, I believe in liberty. Here you go. Right, that's right. what I do to the uh, the people that come by. and they uh, Usually it's John Edwards. That's all I've seen so far is John Edwards has these very young ladies, uh, you know, usually somewhat attractive ladies, oh, yeah. uh, walking around and trying to promote him. And I say, well, you know, I actually support liberty and freedom. And here, hang on a second. I go and get a liberty well, card for him and hand it to him. He has to get women to do his bidding for him. Uh, He's too busy getting haircuts. Um, <laughs> so uh, my, my final item I want to discuss, I was kind of wanting to do it a couple nights ago, but it kind of, I kind of lost track of, of where I was going. Okay. Uh, Oprah has backed Obama. Mm. You've got a couple of celebrities going uh, the way of Hillary. Uh, I don't really see any big support for Ron Paul. And I, this really... Uh, frightens me to a great deal uh, since there isn't a big name figure uh, in his corner. Now, when you say big support, you mean big support in the media, because we know that Barry Manilow is uh, a, a Ron Paul contributor, and we know that Glenn Jacobs from WWE, uh, WWE's oh, yeah. Kane, is also a supporter. Oh, I mean, yeah, those but, are two pretty big guys. Right, right. But, well, okay, well, you, you bring up Kane. Well, Kane's got to stay, uh, or Glenn, I should say, has to say pretty much... Uh, bipartisan because of his profession he can't go out and you know be on on ron paul's campaign trail because that'll 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 mix his profession is his company i don't know if that's true i i'm not sure about that well they've got the they've got the he can't do it as kane because that's owned by the wwe but he can certainly do it as glenn jacobs yeah well the, the only problem is you got people out there who can't separate fact from fiction. When they see when they see Glenn Jacobs, they don't see Glenn, Glenn Jacobs as the man. They just say, "Oh, there's Kane." Uh, you know. Um, I guess it that, would depend that, on what his contract says, and n- none of us know what that says. True, true, true. Um, but nonetheless, but even find, though there are some big celebrities that are behind Ron Paul, nobody in the media is talking about it, so it might as well not be happening. Right. Uh, I do want to bring up an interesting point. Why? Why? I did bring this up is what I found interesting is while I was trolling Dig the other day, there was an article that was that was submitted. Uh, Bill Gates from Microsoft fame uh, was doing a little Q&A about what he was planning on doing after he officially uh, pulls out of the Microsoft Corporation. Mm-hmm. And he did pledge his support for Ron Paul. Get uh, out of here. Are you really? serious? Where did you see that? It was uh, one of the articles over on Dig. Um, I don't know if it's gotten to the front page or not, but it's it's down in there. And he basically he just basically said that uh, that if if he attempts to vote in the in the next election, his vote if 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 Paul gets it uh, past the the nomination uh, Mm -hmm. process, 
that's where he would go with his vote. And I thought that was kind of promising. That's I need, a, I need a link for that. Yeah, what is it? You say that's on Dig. Is it a legitimate source or just somebody on a blog? It was. It was from a tech. Uh, uh, it was from a tech website. It was like huh. uh, like a like a PC mag kind of thing. Um, I, don't, I don't remember exactly who. I, I wish I bookmarked. Now it, that would make that would make an interesting running mate for Ron Paul. Ron Paul, Bill Gates, wow. two thousand eight. How about that one? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Hey, right, thanks, guys, thanks for so the much. news, Bill. Thanks. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And Ian, I got to say, you know, when you mentioned uh, Barry Manilow, I didn't know that. And there's well, a story but about Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow has, Barry Manilow has donated to sev- um, to all anti-war candidates' uh, oh, has campaigns. He? So it's, he's not just a Ron Paul supporter. I did Glenn not know Jacobs, that. on the other hand, is just a Ron Paul supporter. Yeah. I've seen and a picture think, of him in a Ron Paul t-shirt, so we know that. I, I, I think that Glenn would make a great running mate, too. Because he, definitely he would get, get the media. He would get the beer drinking um you know vote oh, yeah. and that's a big big that's vote that's point. how the macho man did it wait yeah. the macho man ran for president no he ran for um it was <laughs> for governor no you mean you mean uh, macho the man body, the body, the body. Randy, i'm sorry okay. i don't know that i don't know these guys <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry I, you know, i'm looking right now wrestlers. at uh, dig.com i uh, searched ron paul gates didn't find it so maybe we'll dig around a little bit more but if that's really true if uh, bill gates has endorsed ron paul i mean i i guess I guess Bill Gates is hated by a lot of people, so maybe Ron Paul campaign doesn't really want to bring that forward. But I would I'll seem take like, the money. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would go ahead and, and uh, promote that. That's neat. And try to get in touch with him. But yeah, well, who would you want to see run with Ron Paul? That might be an interesting question for for those of you Ron Paul fanatics out there. Who's your dream vice presidential candidate? I say Kurt Russell. I think it'd be great to have oh, Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell would be fantastic. You know, he is a libertarian. Yes, yes, I know. And uh, he's been he's been. So helpful to the libertarian cause without making too many waves in Hollywood. Now, what do you What do you mean? How do you mean? Well, you know, he contributes helpful? plenty of money to. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah a lot of money. That's excellent. Money. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel even better about uh, going to see his movies. Yeah. Very, very cool guy. He's pretty. He's he's pretty pretty open with his pocketbook, but he keeps his lips. Fairly tight in Hollywood. Maybe and, he's uh, waiting for the right moment. He's he's a neat. neat Everybody guy. knows that. I mean, if you know, if you know Kurt Russell, at least from the the Hollywood people, I've listened to the commentary tracks, and I mean, people know he's a libertarian to yeah. work with him. So he must be talking amongst the Hollywood people, and that's a good thing too. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Who should run with Ron Paul as the vice presidential candidate? Uh, this is your show. You can bring up whatever you want on the way. A perverted federal prosecutor. can bring up whatever you want toll free at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free. We've got the wiki there with over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and you can edit it to your heart's content. WIKI.freetalklive.com. And if you or perhaps someone you know needs a primer on some of the some of the subjects we talk about here on Free Talk Live, you should check out the Liberty Radio Underground. It's an elementary introduction to libertarianism, and each show concisely handles a single topic in less than 10 minutes. It's great for someone new to liberty, so go to Liberty radiounderground.com today and grab an episode that's libertyradiounderground.com on the way uh, we'll talk about the perverted prosecutor and since we mentioned Bill Gates you've got a story about Microsoft we'll yeah. get to that in a moment and the EU but first let's go to Spooner in Nevada you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark hello Spooner yes Gardner hey Spooner Gardner you, you repeat this idea that Akmenejad says he wants to wipe somebody off the map Mm. Are you familiar with the fact that this is clearly 
uh, proven to be a mistranslation. No, I didn't know that. Tell me more about that. All over the Internet. Yeah, Um, go with that. Um. He never said any such thing. I've read the whole speech that the con- with the context of what he said and yeah. how it was mistranslated. Um, he, he tells about how the Shah was um, displaced out of of, Ira- of Iran. Exactly, and how he they had got been rid of put him. in there by he the CIA. He talked about how the pardon, and and of course he had been put in there by the CIA. The Shah, that is, yeah, right. But the, his point was about history. He said there's been long struggles for people to try to throw off oppressive external uh, occupations. For instance, the Shah, they fought for decades and they finally got him out. Then he talked about the Soviets in Afghanistan, how the Mujahideen fought and fought. It looked hopeless. They were going to give up, but they finally threw him out. Then he mentioned Hussein in Iraq and how he was, uh, however it happened, he was eventually thrown out. Mm -hmm. And then he said the same goes for the Palestinians uh, who are suffering under the regime in Israel, that that regime would be thrown off. That's the context of that whole sentence. And Juan Cole, the professor from Wisconsin, has proven that he's an expert, I guess, in Persian and Farsi. He says there's no such idiom in Persian or Farsi wipe off the map. That's like a distinctly American kind of uh, expression. As a matter of fact, only Americans have wiped people off the map That's true. In, in, in an instant. Can I ask um, a question? So, there was another statement, and, and I should find out about this. That's really good to know um, because, again, it lends support to non-intervention. Uh, whether I mean Israel can take care of themselves regardless, you know, uh, if they, if they had been threatened, whatever, and, and the whole like government. Says they've got two hundred nukes. Yeah, yeah precisely. We don't see us going down there saying they've got to disarm. You know, um, they're so they're it, an it's, ally. It's really supposedly. bad for people to promulgate this uh, this. Uh, yeah, well, misinformation. I, and I wanted to ask you: there was another statement that I wonder whether it was misquoted or not, where he said that. Israel would be, and I'm just paraphrasing now, like relegated to the dustbin of history or, or something like right, that. Right, the regime, the, the Israeli state that's currently in power over the Palestinians, right. that regime will go the way of the Shah, the Soviet occupation of Ex- Afghanistan, and Hussein's regime. It's just going to be replaced, or you know, maybe he comes around to so it wasn't necessarily a statement, but just not replaced. So it wasn't necessarily a statement about the people; it was about the government. And, no, and it only was much Americans more broad. think that maybe if we if we wipe out every, turn it someplace into a parking lot, not even thinking about all of the innocents that get killed. Only Americans think that way. He doesn't want to wipe out Israel and the Palestinians. He just wants he he. The context of the whole speech was to to throw off the oppressive regime. So, Excellent so just looking at that, just Google. Uh, uh, um, Manajad and uh, mistranslation, wipe off the map. Great. There's right. no idiom in, in Persian to even speak that way. Thank you for the expertise, like, and we appreciate the uh, the correction. Thank you for the call. 1-800-259-9231. You know, I don't know, where did you first hear that, Guard? Was it on Fox News or something? Well, there were, there were two different occasions when uh, Ahmadinejad had said things about Israel. First, he the first one was he was very deft, and he said, eventually, they will be gone. And that was the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of, sort of. He he wasn't saying that we will take actions to get rid of Israel or something like that. He said eventually they will not, they will no longer be there. And 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 it goes a lot with what he was saying. And I think that lends a lot of credence to what he was saying. It seems like yeah, if you look at the literal translation. Now the question is, you know, whether Ahmadinejad is so wily and so on. And 
Uh, who knows? I mean, the politics, uh, why should I be concerned with yeah. that? But that's an excellent point he brings up, though. Uh, the, and it's it's the important other point because it, it, usually when you see something reported on the news, they're usually getting it from the government, mm-hmm. and so they just take what the government says at face value. Who in the news, who in Fox News or CNN or whoever is going to check the government's translation of an Ahmadinejad speech or something like yeah, that, or, yeah. or of uh, Osama bin Laden? That's right. That's right. Now, the second one, I'm not quite sure on, and I, I want to check that out. I'm going to put that in there, Ahmadinejad and, uh, uh, what do you say, translation? Mistranslation. Uh, mistranslation. So I want to do that, but the second one came a while later and was a little bit more overt, uh, as saying essentially, you know, threatening Israel. This is the this is the interpretation that we heard, and uh, so I was always th- thinking to myself, well, look, you know, if the people of Israel, if the government is being threatened, then those people have a right for, to self defense. The problem is that you're dealing government against government, and you know that makes it a really messy situation. You know, this is a great thing about Free Talk Live is we've all we all make mistakes. We all take information from a source, maybe sometimes without necessarily checking it. And somebody can call into this show and literally great. get on the air and say, "Hey, you guys are wrong about this." Yeah. How would Sean Hannity have handled that call? Would they have even let him oh, through? Then, not a chance. I, I don't think he would have gotten through. Right, and if he'd as like if he'd lied about his topic and managed to get on the air. How do you think that that call would have been handled? Well, first off, he could have lied about his. Um, he could have lied, but at that point, then he would liable, be liable to wait for an hour before he actually got to get on. Right. So it wouldn't have been as timely either. That's true. And they can always dump him. Yeah. In fact, I just put in Google here uh, the fourth item down in Google. If you put in Ahmadinejad mistranslation. Uh, 522-2006 from AlbionMonitor.com. Did Ahmadinejad really call to wipe Israel off the map? So there's Apparently been another statement since then, so I'll have to check that Very out. Very interesting, and thank you for the lead on that, Spooner. 800-259-9231, Microsoft. The news hit today that apparently the European Union is planning oh. on slapping them with a tremendous fine, several hundred million dollars, I think. Yeah, yeah it's, what's uh, this all about, Gardner? Six hundred ninety million. Okay, um, here's the deal, man. The story out of the EU is a follow-up to something that started about four years ago when Microsoft, maybe even more than that, Microsoft. Uh, Windows Media Player, they were going to be bundling Windows Media Player into their Windows... I don't even remember what the platform was then. It, it was years ago, whether XP it was Windows or, 2000 yeah, or... Yeah, ME or something. Yeah, like. something. That. It might have been XP. So uh, anyway, uh, the EU brought suit under antitrust, saying that Microsoft had a dominant position in the marketplace, and they were using this in anti-competitive <laughs> fashions to try to stop their competitors. So... Um, I actually wrote a piece on this. It's over at techcentralstation.com. It's it's old. It's when this first was brought up. Microsoft appealed it. Finally, their appeal was decided upon today out of Luxembourg, and the uh, Dateline Luxembourg says, A top European court on Monday handed Microsoft a surprise defeat in its epic antitrust battles, breaking the European Commission's 2004 fine record. So it's going to be $690 million against expectations of a split judgment. The European Court of First Instance upheld most of the EC's ruling against the U.S. company. Now, I'm curious as to what Microsoft is going to do about this. I have my own ideas, and I'm sure you guys do as well. But will they actually take a radical step and maybe just tell the EU to go F themselves. <laughs> we'll get to more discussion here and take your calls about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. What would you do if you were in charge of Microsoft in this case? Let's talk Live. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. We've got archives. An entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website for your download and convenience. Go and get them at freetalklive.com. And... If you like Gardner Goldsmith, he's got his own website, LibertyConspiracy.com, and nice. he does his own radio show uh, during the week. It's all downloadable at his site as well. So yeah. more audio than you know what to do with, all for free. Thanks, man. So, Mark. Speaking of websites, go to uh, our website and check out the banner for SACL CAI. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. That's freetalklive.com. Check out their banner or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Now, from what you told us a few months ago, Gardner... There's a situation developing over in the EU that is oh, yeah. pretty similar to something that happened a few years ago here in America. Sure, sure. Uh, Microsoft had a lawsuit filed against it by uh, some of their competitors some saying, hey, you're putting uh, uh, Internet Explorer in with Windows, and that's just mean. You shouldn't put a, a web browser in with Windows. And More value it, for someone's money? Yeah, what? what are you doing? And so they, uh, they actually found against Microsoft in that particular case, and I don't remember what the requirements were they had to jump through in that case but in this one in the eu they're saying hey you can't put that windows media player in there what if you want to let, what make people watch videos or something what's all this about your 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 software should just function as an operating system and that's it no bells no whistles cut, cut this anti-competitive garbage out of course it's not anti-competitive it, it is, is competitive. competitive and it's a good thing because as a uh, as a just a av- Joe average con- computer buyer, when you turn that computer on, you don't want to have to understand how to install some program that you first then have to download off of the internet or whatever. I mean, if you want to watch a DVD, you want to put that DVD in the drive, close the drawer, yeah. and have the DVD pop up on your screen and start playing. That's what I and want. That's what the Windows Media Player allows you to do. Yeah. Anything else is going to be very confusing for the average computer user absolutely and you know the amazing thing is about this with the eu the way they've gone about this is just like that antitrust suit in the united states against uh, ibm years ago they 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 brought this antitrust suit against ibm some of their competitors and uh, ibm was in legal limbo for like a decade or more by the Mm. time they were done ibm was no longer the dominant computer company because windows said microsoft had supplanted them and over here in the eu this suit started years ago maybe five years ago six years ago it's finally done and what are they going to force them to do it says microsoft has two months and ten days to appeal this but what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to give out some of their programming to be shared by other computer companies and pay this $690 million fine. Ridiculous. 
Yeah. <laughs> now then, insane. that leads me to my first point on this, and that is in the very beginning paragraph of the article, there was some sort of statement like, in a surprise decision. Oh, right? yeah. Was a surprise it? defeat. Here it is. A surprise defeat. A uh, top European court on Monday handed Microsoft a surprise defeat. Who in is its this a surprise to? Exactly. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, let's look at the government's position here, okay? Right. Uh, I, I presume, was it the government that brought the lawsuit, or was it, was, it the... It was the government, yeah. Okay, it was so the, the EU government itself. brought the suit. Yeah. And they said, hey, Microsoft, big company, lots of money, okay, anti-competitive suit, okay, let's go after these guys. And so then, the media is trying to portray this as being an unexpected decision. <laughs> the government has two choices here. Either they let Microsoft off on the lawsuit that the government brought on them, and they say, you know what, we and the government were wrong. You guys are doing a fine job. Right. Keep, keep, keep up the good work. Or... The other hand, they could choose to find them hundreds of millions of dollars. And can you imagine... Which do you think they're going to pick? <laughs> Here you are, you're a guy working, and you you create some product. It turns out to be very, very popular, although some people don't like it. They say, well, we're going to go with something else. But you're still number popular one. Popular enough to make you rich. Yeah, yeah, you make it a price uh, with support that is affordable, and boom, you're in. You're good. I mean, shoot, McDonald's doesn't have the greatest food, but it has some of the fastest food for some of the cheapest prices. Right. I could go to a French restaurant or a fine Italian restaurant and pay five or six times or seven times as much for the food. Yes. But if I want to get it in five minutes, I want to get back out on the road, boom. You know where to go. I know where to go. And I think the EU ought to go someplace special too, but I won't mention it on the air. You mm -hmm. know, the, the, these guys, they don't, they constantly think that dominance of an industry somehow comes through corruption rather than satisfying the stinking consumer. I don't know what if that's the what deal? they really think. I, I don't know if that's what they really think. I think that's just what they say. Well, let's and say they, this. They, they appeal to right. that sort of thing in the populace. How exactly. About that? yeah. That's what they do. Because I, I think they that. know better. They yeah, know and, better. And, you know, that's a real disservice to anybody who doesn't understand economics. You know, here are these guys in the EU. Some of these guys are attorneys. Some of these guys have economics degrees. They're the big, big wigs, and they always go to them for advice in the EU. And they're sitting there. As they're, they're promulgating this falsehood that these companies are somehow exploiting people it's or absurd. hurting competition by competing. It's yep. nuts. Look, I've got Windows Media Player on my computer. I've got uh, and, and at least two other versions of, uh, of media players. And, you know, the fact is Windows Media Player isn't the greatest media player it's out there. Not, no. But it functions. It's it the one the I use done. because it's all I can. I, I don't know how to set up anything else. I don't want to learn how to set up right. anything as an, else. As Joe Average computer user, and you're probably a little bit better at computers than Joe Average, uh, just a little. Slightly. Uh, you don't, you're not interested in going out and looking at articles online to determine what's the best uh, media no. player? Because there's 15 of them out there, at least. I mean, 15 major brand media players out there for you I to choose from. I want easy. I want to be able to put the thing in the drive, and, and it starts up on its right. own. Mm -hmm. I mean, can anybody actually take the side of the EU on this? 1-800-259-9231. It's clear. I mean, this was, this was in the bag five years ago. Yeah. I think the only reason why it took five years was to make it look like they were actually doing something. <laughs> like, to make it look like there's some semblance of a process or some semblance of uh, fairness. And, you know, Ian, this is this is a, a very good point from which one can learn uh, as an example of the formation of a government because uh, there's a really good guy out there who works at the Institute for Humane Studies, Dr. Nigel Ashford. Really good man. Uh, used to head up the Institute for Economic Affairs down on Lord North Street in London. I, I visit it, pick up all sorts of things. People who are interested in them, uh, go to their website. I think it's iea.org. Great free market uh, institution. Nigel was one of the people who worked with uh, Margaret Thatcher 
uh, way back in the early 80s, I think, to try to start up the EU to make it a free trade zone. Mm. And that was the whole idea. The original concept came out of Rome, and now they have their headquarters in Brussels. The EU constitution has been written. Not only is it not a free trade zone, and, and Nigel is, you know, he's just totally disenchanted with the whole yeah. thing. He got away from it. And Every like, time you set mistakes. up a government, that's what happens. That's exactly it. The people get in there and they say, oh, this is an opportunity for us to do X or Y or Z that we want to get done. He should Perfect. have read Harry Brown's book first before he decided to go and do that. And, he, because... and he's a great libertarian. He was trying his best. And, and sure enough, he said, you know what? It fell apart. These people, you can't stop this system. You no, can't you can. stop it. In fact, uh, if he had read Harry Brown before that, he would have known that even if you can design – this is what Harry talks about in Why Government Doesn't Work, great book. Yeah. Even if you can design in your head or on paper the perfect government program, the one that's going to help fill in the blank, yeah. it will never end up that way because you're putting it in the hands of politicians. So first it becomes a political football, and the politicians pass it back and forth, and they tack on new things, and they change it. And the, you know, before you know it, by the time this bill gets passed, if it gets passed, it's not going to look anything like your original proposal. Right. Secondly, even if by some magic stroke of luck your bill happens to get passed exactly intact as you intended it, then it will be administered and run by bureaucrats. And, of course, those bureaucrats don't have the same intentions that you did. They have the intention of expanding their bureaucracy and their power. And yeah. so, therefore, you know, five or ten years later, the program is not going to be doing the same things you intended it to, and it's not going to look uh, like you wanted it to look. I mean, this is, a, this is just the rule of government. And this you is look just at, how it works. And the real-world implication of this $690 million here with this instance of Microsoft running into just that phenomenon that you, you're talking about there. I think Microsoft should just walk away. Don't even deal with Europe. Yeah. You know what? Close down the European office. Let, it, let the U Europeans use Linux. And then no. they could still use Microsoft products. I mean, Europe can't stop people from downloading a copy of Windows XP. Uh, and I'm sure they can't stop them from selling a copy unless they prevented all the banks from doing business with Microsoft. I mean, what could Europe do if Microsoft just said, you know what? We're closing our European office. See you guys later. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian, here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier like hundreds of our listeners have decided to do because they want to help Free Talk Live get on more stations. The more stations we're on, the more new people come across the message of freedom and liberty. And if that's important to you, you should head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. Remember, we give everything away on the website. Now, go ahead and compare that to those other radio talk show hosts that want to charge you 5 6 or $7 bucks up front to get access to their sites. Ours is free, and we're just asking you to help us out. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up and get access to the perks like the amp-only call-in line, amp-only chat room and forum. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, just a few more thoughts on the Microsoft situation. The EU has uh, slapped Microsoft with a $600-plus million fine. And, uh, of course, they can appeal it, I guess, to the highest court at this point yeah. in the EU, which, which they might do if they just feel like losing again because the <laughs> eu doesn't have any interest i mean really what what possibly possibly could sway the eu to uh, to overturn this no fine? Way. no way not a chance they're getting 700 million dollars 
they're showing their authority and power? Sometimes you can get the, you know, the, the courts, sometimes it's worth the shot. Sometimes the I courts guess. will make the right decision. I mean, and, of course, sh- and the people in, in Europe are so anti-capitalist anyway. They would never understand. You know, the bulk of those people are, are plotting this sort of thing. It's I would, just crazy. It, it's, it's a generalization, but I bet a lot of them Yeah, are. you're right. It is a generalization. And I'm sure that, I, I mean, I guess it probably would be worth it for Microsoft to appeal it up because I'm sure they get a decent chunk of business from the European users of their software and the businesses that are over there using their business software and that sort of thing. Uh, but just because they, I mean, my, suggested, uh, my suggestion earlier was that they just pulled the out of Europe. Just close their offices down and don't do any physical business in Europe. You could still sell your software online. You could still sell, you know, you could physically mail a copy of Windows Vista to a European user. So there's no reason why they'd have to stop doing business with Europeans. It's just that they wouldn't have a, you know, base of operations over there for them to go after. At that point, you know, how badly will their business be impeded? Well, um, and if they, if if somehow the European Union did manage to clamp down on Microsoft and not allow them to uh, sell at all, uh, you know, they stop banks from being able to do business mm-hmm. with Microsoft, that kind of thing. Just let the, uh, the the average Joe just download Windows for free. They've essentially said that it's good for them when people pirate their software That's true. anyway, yeah. and that way it'll still be the uh, the number one piece of you know the number one operating system that people use. Right. And you just don't sell it to businesses. And then the businesses... Why not let the businesses have it free? Well, that way the businesses can put pressure on the EU, EU to turn over, overturn Maybe. its decision. Maybe. Because mm-hmm. the people will be used to using it on their computers at home, and then they'll have to use, I don't know, Linux or Apple or something like that at, at work. Now, businesses... Uh, now, that would be an, a major turn of... Uh, that would be just amazing for, for Microsoft to make a decision like that, for them to just say, all right, we're pulling out of the European Union, and we're going to put uh, several different translations of Windows XP available on our website. You can now download Windows XP absolutely free, burn it to a CD, and install it yourself. And uh, that would be an amazing thing. Obviously, they wouldn't offer any tech support for those co- for those clients. I mean, they could probably offer like a tech support package to go along yeah, with it. Yeah, maybe you could purchase that. Let, let the other stuff go free and offer a tech support package that they could sell or o- offer like Windows Media Player right. for sale and the rest of the software for free. Bundle Windows XP with the Media Player. Yeah, something That's like that, idea. or just yeah, just yeah, exactly. Have Windows XP go free or a separate separate product just for download. If you're if you're giving away. The operating system is there. Then even could you even have an antitrust lawsuit? I mean, you're not making any money off of it. it if, depend, yeah, I don't, well, they're I don't giving away the be, media player, right? Can that's they have true. A, you know, so they they managed to do that. Anyway, it's, it's just I, so ridiculous. You know what I thought was the funniest thing? I mentioned this thing to you guys off the air. I had to had to tell the listeners this is great. That there's a guy called Neely Crows in the EU, and and get this. He is the EU competition commissioner. Hmm. It's just incredible. He says, Microsoft cannot abuse its Windows monopoly to exclude competitors in other markets. Abuse its Windows monopoly? And he says... There's no monopoly. Yeah. He says, I will not tolerate continued (laughs) non-compliance. And he is there. Now, what kind of oxymoron is that? Competition commissioner. Well, mm. he's a he's a hired gun. He was probably brought in just to bring in as much money as possible from these big companies. Sure. Uh, Six hundred and ninety mil. That's a haul. Sweet. You got it. Wow. I mean, Microsoft can probably afford it, but it's going to raise the prices for everybody as far yeah. as the, the the price the cost of doing business. I hope Microsoft takes the strong position of screw you. We're not paying your fine. What are you going to do about it? It would be great. And you know the problem that that really bothers me is 
People's lives are affected by these politicians who are making decisions, and they don't even have the guts to go and try to compete. They are sitting there saying, oh, no, we know better than you how to run your company, so we'll tell you how to do it. Yeah. And then we'll, do, we'll use the force of arms if it comes down to it. We will, we will imprison people who work for Microsoft here. We will keep you from coming to the EU. If you do come here, we'll imprison you for you know breach of this law or that law. All right. Law. Gangsters don't know how to program, so they yeah. can't go out and actually get competitive. All they can do is make threats. And there's real money that was lost here. It says here uh, in New York, shares of micro, in Microsoft lost 0.69% to $28.83 per share after the ruling. Or, uh, yeah, $28. Eighty-three dollars after the ruling. Now, that is that's incredibly irksome to me because there's real money that people have had in there, and even sure. though that's a tiny, small, you know, sixty-nine one hundredths of a percentage point, you know, this is having ramifications even beyond the business itself to the people who put the stock in the business, average Joes, and and if people are angry at the business guys who run the company, well, certainly, maybe we could get somebody to say, oh, well, yeah, you know, this is affecting a grandmother on retirement. This is, in a small way, they're losing money because the EU guys are such jerks. What about the uh, the guys working at the EU version of Microsoft? If, yeah. they, if Microsoft pulls out and says, screw you to the EU, and they, just, they say, oh, look, you guys will transfer you over to another country if you want to go there, but otherwise they're going to lose their jobs. I mean, they could actually be putting their own people out of work. They don't care about that. All they want is the 600-something million and you know what's interesting about this, too, is, and you guys understand this, and so many of the listeners do, is how when you understand free market economics, you seem to either beforehand or at the same time come to an understanding or grasp the ethics of the golden rule. You know, leave my neighbor alone as I would like to be left alone. Treat, mm-hmm. treat your neighbor as you would like to be treated. And I don't understand why it's so difficult. And I, I mentioned this earlier when I was doing doing my, my thing today. I said, you know, I just want to leave my neighbor alone. Why can't we leave people alone? You know, somebody called in and made an excellent point about the golden rule, and it has a hole in it. It sounds really nice on its face. Sure. And that's because we're all reasonable people that don't (laughs) want to harm others. But if indeed the rule is do unto others as you would have done unto you, if it's a masochist... Mm -hmm. Yes. Who yes. is uh, who is applying that to his life? Then right. oh, okay. Well, I'll go ahead and beat you, Gardner, because I wouldn't mind if you beat me Absolutely. back. Absolutely. So maybe right. that's what these people are all about. They, you know, maybe they wouldn't mind a little slapping around or something like that. No, so therefore, no, they uh, they just want to have power over people. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They don't want to get beaten up. They don't want to have their livelihoods taken from them. But they uh, they do certainly enjoy wielding their power over others, and it's Big a time. sickness. Well, it's, it's a, I think there's something wrong. I, th- I think there's something wrong in their head. I don't know. Can we prescribe them some medication or something to make them better? Is it possible to bring these – is it possible that – how many people in government who are in positions like this commissioner of uh, competition? The competition commissar, yeah. How many people in those positions, the positions of real power, not just the little – not the little bureaucrats. They're just doing a job to collect a paycheck. The people in the real positions of power, how many of them know for a fact that they're using force over others? I don't is think it, they Is it 100% it. of them? I don't know. Well, they they probably they're going to do what I tell them to do, mm-hmm. so they can think of force in that fashion. I'm sure. I just wonder because you know the the little bureaucrats they don't really know they don't realize that the system they're working for is is based on coercion. They just don't. They just come to a job every day. They clock in, they clock out, and they get their sweet government paycheck and their sweet government benefits. And they go home and they're oblivious to all the uh, the the threatened violence that goes on. In that, if you don't pay taxes, there are going to be some violent men that'll come after you and do awful things if you don't want to come with them to the jail cell. 
but most most government bureaucrats don't realize that. But the guys at the upper end, the guys who have risen into power, the guys who are the real authoritarians, they must know, right? Well, they you know, must. and it's an interesting distinction. Well, it's an interesting point, and I wonder if there is a distinction, Ian, because you brought to mind mafiosos, uh, and I, I've thought about you know the typical sort of cliched Italian family with the big strong arm guy looking out for his family, but also getting sort of a kick and a thrill out of pushing people around. And we all knew somebody like that out on the playground. Mm-hmm. I wasn't one of those guys, but I knew him real well, you know. And you say there is a psychology there. Are these people a more refined and genteel version of it? Or is the psychology within the mind of the person who pushes people around such that he knows best, just shut up, don't be such an upstart, shut your mouth or I'm going to belt you because I'm the powerful one here and I really should exert my power. And, you know, if you disagree, too bad. I'm the guy who really understands, not you. Very selfish, uh, self-motivated types of people. Well, I think there's a penchant for order, too. Things need to be done in a certain way. Otherwise, it's their version of order, and it, and it actually, one could argue that their version of order is actually chaos. That right. the government they don't see that. Creates but. chaos. More on the way, especially about a nasty, sick federal prosecutor. We'll tell you about it in hour three. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gar. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. Let's roll right into the phone calls, and then we'll talk about a perverted sicko working for your federal government. The first to the amp line, and to Sam in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live, Sam. Hi, guys. Hey. hey. What's on your mind? If I uh, owned a gas station and somebody came in and robbed me, uh, and the police came and you know needed to collect evidence, would they take just the tapes of my surveillance system, or would they take like the VCR and the TV as well? They'd, I think they'd take the tapes. Yeah, so... Going back to what they did to Lauren Canario. Lauren Canario, uh, just a recap uh, for anybody just tuning in. She is a activist here in the state of New Hampshire. She was arrested by the feds over the weekend for trying to walk down a public road. And she happened to have a video camera with her. They stole her camera. Your point? That's exactly it. There's really no reason to take the camera along with the tapes. I mean, it's a mini-DV camcorder. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy to play those tapes in just about anything. It's true. So really, they're just trying to kind of rub it in and take the maximum damage that they can. Yeah. Well, they're thieves. Mm. I mean, they, they're people in the, in positions of power, and virtually nothing can be done to these guys. You, I mean, who's going to sue the federal government over losing their $250 camcorder? Right. Probably nobody, but I may be able to send her mine. Well, that would be awfully nice. I don't know if that's necessary. I mean, she I think she can handle herself pretty well, but uh, nonetheless... That's something you can work out with her. But, yeah, they just stole her camera from her, and uh, they claim they're going to call her. But what do you do in that case? I mean, what do you do when the government steals your property from you? How do you even go about approaching getting it back? How much is it going to cost to go after this? And is it okay then at that point? I mean, if if indeed it's this chief, uh, Stephen Monnier, the chief of the head marshal, the U.S. marshals here in New Hampshire, if indeed it was him that stole the camera, presumably he's responsible for the actions of his men, right? Mm-hmm. Then would it be acceptable to go to his house and, you know, maybe 
walk in the front door and take a DVD player from him? I, I, I mean, don't think he would think so. No, 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 I don't think he would either. I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> it's just nuts. It is. It is. Okay, and I also had a point about, uh, or a video that I saw where Mike Gravel came over to some Ron Paul supporters mm. and requested a one-on-one, one-hour debate uh, with Dr. Paul. Mm. Because, you know, the, the media debates are really just kind of question-and-answer sessions, and he really wants to go in-depth on the war and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about it. He also mentioned or, like, alluded to another surprise that he's got in store. All right. What if somebody like Mike Gravel switched sides and went over to be Ron Paul's vice president? I don't think, I don't think he's that happen. valuable. Yeah, who is Mike Gravel? He's a Democratic... Uh, no, no, no. I know who he is, but, I mean, really, who is Mike Gravel? Do you know what I mean? Nobody knows who he is. He doesn't have the... I don't think he's got the buzz that Ron Paul does of, of the Democrats, does now, he? Now, what about somebody like the Dennis Krasinich guy that uh, wants to end but the drug war? But he's a socialist. And... I mean, Dennis Krasinich is a dyed-in-the-wool commie. I mean, his wife might be hot and everything, but his he is a socialist. So I don't think Ron Paul would ever even consider something like that. that. I mean, what would you do if you were running for office and uh, a relatively high profile? Let's just say Dennis Kucinich is high profile. Let's just say he is. I mean, he's certainly high, higher profile than uh, Mike Gravel. Okay. Uh, if a high profile socialist came up and said, hey, I'll help you out with your campaign and you're a principled libertarian, what do you say to that? You say, well, no, thanks, but no thanks. He can't really do that much in the seat of the vice president, but then... The CIA is probably going to give Paul a heart attack or something for wanting to fire him all. <laughs> mm, well, it's certainly, uh, certainly possible. I don't think that. I don't know whether that's going to happen. Um, he's brave enough that uh, he's not dead yet. Yeah, he's he's brave enough to have done it, and I'm you know going to support him in his run. Right. Again, yep. where's the NWO? I mean, where where is the NWO when they should be out there doing something awful and tyrannical to uh, control this presidential race? They should have shut Ron Paul down back in February after he announced the run. I mean, certainly after the first debate. That heart attack should have come after the first debate. And, I mean, there's no excuse. The longer they let it run, the more evidence is that there is no such thing as an NWO. I mean, it's yeah, just I would absurd. agree with you. I would think, though, once it came down to the wire where they're really under a, a threat from somebody of, getting fired and returned back to the free market, that they might want to cook something up or who knows. Maybe. Sam, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate okay. it. Yeah. 800-259-9231. It just seems to me, look, if I were a megalomaniacal madman in power and I did not want my power structure to be threatened, I mean, if you're in power, you don't want that power to go away. And Ron Paul is the one man right now, who's in a position to possibly take the reins of power away from the sick freaks and actually drastically reduce the size of government and cut down the power that these people have. He's the one man, easy target. Why wouldn't you go after him? Why wouldn't you? There's no conspiracy. If there was a conspiracy, Ron Paul never would have even been elected to the state house or to the, uh, the, the U.S. house, let alone been given the opportunity to run for president. Oh, yeah. Can't answer. Let's go to the phones and talk to Dennis in New Hampshire. Dennis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Don't you all know that the New World Order is all run by Freemasons and atheists? (laughs) Hey, I heard Ron Paul was part of the NWO. Maybe that explains everything. There you go. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, Religious Freedom Reformation Act. You could do that, but first give us a report from MassCan. You were out there over the weekend. (laughs) The Massachusetts uh, Cannabis Festival, Freedom Festival, uh, was a pretty good event. Lots of turnout while I was there. A little rainy. I I heard it uh, cleared up later on in the day. Give us your report. You were the man running the Free State Project booth. 
Well, it did get nicer towards the uh, as the afternoon wore on, but I think the people just kind of saw the rain and made other plans. So, oh. I mean, it was a lot of people, and from the FSP's point of view, it kind of doesn't matter in the sense that it was nonstop people talking to us. Sure. So it was. We were saturated, anyways. Yeah, that, when I was I was standing at the booth for an hour, and uh, you're right, nonstop is the way to describe it. I mean, there would have been no other way to handle any more people. You just didn't have the staff for it. The, the booth we're wasn't big enough. Right. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah, it was great. Um, but I wanted to talk about religious freedom, and you made me talk about something else. All right. <laughs> oh yeah, I twisted your arm. <laughs> Coercion. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Mark read an email from me last week, and I have to say that I believe that once again your predisposition bias, Ian, has uh, Ian has, has yes, Ian has caused you to miss something really key. Okay, and what's that? Well, specifically, you you were concerned that well, if they pass this religious freedom reformation thing and they raise the bar by which something can be basically a thought crime, um, it's not going to stop anything. You asserted. Because they just have to show, okay, now we have to show the state has some compelling interest. Right, whatever. So, just to recap, you're talking about some uh, piece of legislation at the federal level, which will make it so. Was it, was it federal level or New Hampshire? Actually, by by a legal technicality, it has to be at the state level. Okay. Well, then it was something that would make it so that uh, if someone were smoking marijuana, they could say, well, I'm a Rastafarian, so you can't arrest me. And yeah, that, thank you uh, for reminding everybody about the one point that really was important not to bring up, by the way. <laughs> oh. Um, well, anyway, it could be like you wanted to build a really weird church in an unzoned area. Yeah, I see where you're coming at. Or in a zoned area. But then the state has to come up with an excuse to say, well, this is in the best interest of the state, uh, so therefore it's still illegal and we're still going to arrest you. And I just but said that that's still is, a huge but, loophole. But not really, because the, the reason that it's interesting is that um, on February 21st, 2006, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that unambiguously, uh, unanimously, I'm reading from my previous letter, against the government, by which, of course, they mean against the legislative and executive pieces of the government, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean, uh, which involved the use of an illegal substance religious ceremony. In other words, the Indians got off with the peyote thing. It worked. Mm-hmm. Oh, so in other words, you're saying the Supreme Court has already said that there is no state interest in enforcing religious... No, no. They were una- well, the prosecuting piece of the government, the legislative and executive branches, um, or defending pieces, actually, um, they couldn't prove that they had a compelling state interest, so the Supreme Court said, then you cannot have that law, or that you have to allow this, this activity. Gotcha. So, but then again, so then they'd have to prove that for every single drug, basically? They proved it for peyote, but then they'd have to prove it for the other ones? Well, I think it would depend more on the kind of circumstance. In this case, it had to do with, I mean, unfortunately, these folks were, were suing because they wanted to claim disability or something like that, unemployment benefits, mm-hmm. after they got fired from their government sponsored jobs. Gotcha. But that's not the point. And the point is? That's a damn good question, sir. Are you going to answer it? <laughs> I, well, I think it has to do more with not so much the drug, but circumstances. Like, okay. is it a private employer that's firing someone, or is it the police, or who knows? It's all up for grabs, well, but could be tested. It's a step in the in the right direction. A baby step, but, you know, that's the way it's got to work, right? Bingo. Thanks for the call, Dennis. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. The feds. One prosecutor has been strung up on some charges. He's a sicko. We'll fill you in. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever. 
whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, including the Shrine of Female listeners. The dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Very popular page on the website. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton, so you'll have none of those chemicals wafting up into your sensitive nasal passages in the middle of the night. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. According to the uh, click, according to ClickOnDetroit.com, a U.S. Justice Department official has been arrested on suspicion of traveling to Detroit over the weekend to have sex with a minor. John Atchison, John David Atchison, a uh, 30, 53-year-old, was assistant U.S. attorney from the Northern District of Florida, arraigned in Detroit District Court Monday afternoon. An undercover officer posed as a mother offering her child to Atchison for sex, according to police. Now, normally when, a deal, when we're talking about these undercover stings involving Internet uh, sex and that sort of thing, it usually involves an undercover officer posing as a 14-year-old girl or something mm, like that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's, you could make the argument that kids can consent, I mean, young people, teenagers can consent to sex. Certainly, Canada believes it, their age of consent is 14. Uh, so that, that argument can be made. But there's, there's a certain point at which I don't think anyone could make the argument. I mean, there's a certain point at which you haven't even hit puberty yet. And you couldn't even possibly have sex, should you even want to have sex. It would be da- uh, damaging and dangerous well, and awful. With, with an adult, but, uh, you know, kids have had sex with kids. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we're talking about an adult here. A 53-year-old man. And this is just probably one of the more disturbing stories of the year. Prosecutors say Atchison flew from Pensacola, Florida to Detroit on Sunday, intending to have sex with a 5-year-old girl. Oh, boy. He was arrested at the airport, charged with enticement of a minor to engage in sexual activity. According to the authorities, Atchison made contact with a detective working undercover for the Macomb County Sheriff's Department. The detective, acting as the child's mother, allegedly arranged a sexual encounter between Atchison and her five-year-old daughter, say police. In deposition, detective said Atchison suggested the mother tell her daughter that, quote, you found her a sweet boyfriend who will bring her presents, unquote. The undercover detective expressed concern about physical injury to the five-year-old girl as a result of the sexual activity. Here was this sicko's response. Now, remember, this is an assistant U.S. attorney. This is a federal prosecutor. It makes you wonder, I mean, with this recent uh, uh, instance in the bathroom at the airport with the senator... uh, and all the other just sort of naughty things that have come out of Washington, D.C., how far do the sexual perversions of these men in power go? Here's what he said. Again, the undercover detective expressed concern. He was pretending like he was the kid's mother, so she was concerned about injury to the five-year-old as a result of sexual activity. Here's what he said, quote, I'm always gentle and loving, not to worry. No damage ever. No rough stuff ever. I only like it soft and nice, Mm. unquote. But it gets worse. 
The undercover detective then asked how Atchison can be certain of no injury. He responded, quote, Just got to go slow and very easy. I've done it plenty. Close quotes. I've done it plenty. This wasn't his first time. This, I mean, or at who least knows? his claim was. That's that it his. That's his yeah. claim. I mean, that's a pretty brash claim to make. Something, something you wouldn't really want to brag about, I wouldn't think. But uh, you know, presuming that he's telling the truth, and he didn't have any reason to, he doesn't have any reason to lie about it. Uh, presuming he's telling the truth, how many people? How many young people has this man damaged? This federal prosecutor, who no doubt has prosecuted similar uh, cases God, in his time. Sick. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he's put people. Well, that's likely going to be a state charge. So he's probably maybe not. been. He's probably been. Uh, you know, in the court system at all different levels. He's yeah, probably, probably moved right up to the federal level. He's 53 now. Yeah, uh, but they can get him now. They can get him on federal because it's uh, it's uh, cross state, cross state lines. interstate. Yeah, interstate interstate communication too. Atchison, who not is, that it matters whether it's fed or state. Yeah, he, he's been a member of the Florida Bar Association since 1984. Lives in Gulf Breeze, Florida. He's the president of the Gulf Breeze Sports Association, which is. A youth oh. athletics organization. Mm. Hmm. In addition, he described himself online as a family man. His wife is a science teacher at Gulf Breeze High School. The Macomb County Sheriff's Department and the FBI were part of the investigation. He's currently in federal custody, and a detention hearing will be held on Tuesday. Wow. Just thought I'd bring that up, just as an example of one of these people who positions themselves publicly as, oh, we're doing things that are in the public good. We're putting away these violent criminals. I am a federal prosecutor. You can trust me. Or can you? And, you know, uh, I was just thinking, Ian, if you were to hear this on some other radio station, it would just be a general sort of, well, you know, isn't that just another example of some bad, you know, idiot out there in government? Uh, in, just another one of wish, the bad apples. Yeah, I don't like that. their party or that party or uh, this group or that group. And, and you say to yourself, you know, uh, when does it come time to start questioning not just the fact that these people appear in government and there are corrupt people in government, but that government itself is a corrupt entity and Absolutely. that uh, you don't need government. And, and we, you know, we can get in the abstracts of, of uh, you know, free marketeerism. Well, let's versus... touch on let's touch on the marketplace here, because okay. this guy, federal prosecutor, he'll probably get fired over this one, because that's really the only time that uh, that gover- we ever see government people get fired is when kids are involved. Let's hope he goes sick- to jail. too. Sickness. I hope so. Yeah. Um, but. In the marketplace... Hold on. Before you go any farther with that, you just said, I hope so. Now, you realize there was no victim, right? That's one of the other things you want to bring up. You know, that's, that's a good point. There, there was, there was no victim. <laughs> You're sick. Go ahead. Talk about your free market <laughs> crap. I just wanted to pin you in the corner and... Ugh. You're right. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, uh, this guy, in, in the marketplace, regardless of whether or not he should go to jail... There would be some sort of consequences for his employers if indeed there were uh, we, were, we had a marketplace where there were co- there was competition between arbitrators to, uh, to you know as far as if you've got a problem you take it to the arbitrators and they decide instead of having government courts there's nobody who's going to become accountable for this man I mean there's nobody above him that's going to get the axe there's nobody else in the bureaucracy that's going to suffer anything at all because they had a bad a bad apple amongst them whereas if this were a business then there would be some major red on the faces of the uh, the business owners mm. in that particular case and you know Ian it also works the other way sometimes because you've got a government entity and that government entity has 
turnover regarding for political reasons. For example, Republicans replace Democrats, Democrats replace Republicans. You could potentially have good people who are doing a good job replaced for no reason other than that they are not in line with the particular political sure. front of that group they didn't that play is ball. now entering. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So and it, that's happened. Yeah, it happens all the time. Absolutely right. So, Mark, you're, you're accurate to say that he didn't actually do anything physically. But on the other hand, I normally jumped into the fence of the guys that are going after the 15-year-old girls or whatever. I mean, in that case, those girls can consent. In this case, not so much. Well, now, yeah, but but in those cases, there's no victim. In this case, there's no victim, and that's usually what your de- your right, defense is. Right. No that's victim. That's a tough one. I was going to bring that up. You can take control. I want to talk about that. This is Free Talk Live. We will. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for three dollars a month and get some cool bonuses at amp. FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Music faded real quick there because there was a little technical difficulty during the break. Nonetheless, we're back. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at FreeTalkLive.com. The features on the site are for free. The bulletin board system's there. We've got over a quarter of a million posts, serious issues, and fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Mark, you caught me red-handed. Yep, I'm afraid I did. You got me good. We are talking about this sicko... John David Atchison, 53, federal prosecutor from Florida who on over the weekend apparently decided to fly up to Detroit uh, with the intention of having sex with a five-year-old girl. He'd had an online conversation with a detective posing as the theoretical girl's mother and uh, was talking about how, well, I mean, she's basically sold her girl for right. and, uh, sex. And you claim that, um, you know, if there's no victim, there's no crime. And there likely wasn't even a five-year-old little girl. Even if there True. was, um, she didn't get touched by this guy. And normally, normally that's what I claim. But normally you, um, you know, you'd be on the side of this guy. But a, he's a bureaucrat, and you don't like that crap. That's true. And, and he's a sick, sick man. Normally, that's you right. would say that I just come up with a crazy scenario where somebody might sell their five-year-old daughter to I don't know a fifty-year-old federal prosecutor, and he might fly across the country to have sex with that child, and you know, here it is, here it is, man. No victim. No, is this a crime? Man, that's tough. He's definitely doing something that's just messed up and sick. And yes, he needs a jail cell. I, I think really, that, really bad. You caught me on that one, Mark. Yeah. I, well, I I feel like I should go back, but I don't want to because he's he's sick. Well, you know, uh, I I had to deal with something like this. I was writing a big article on the Children's Internet uh, Pornography Act or Internet Protection Act. Uh, there are two CIPA, and there's another one. And uh, that's back when John Ashcroft was, uh, uh, actually even before John Ashcroft was Attorney General. And um, uh, they have a, a facet about um, the, it's the Children's Virtual Pornography Protection Act, which is uh, about young 
you know, computer generated images of young people, underage right. people engaged in sexual acts, which are not real people. Now, if it is a real individual, then you can say, okay, a crime has been committed and in it there is photographic evidence mm-hmm. of a crime, an underage individual being thrust into a sexual situation, which clearly is a crime. But if it's a virtual thing, then there is no victim. That is a that's a, a much clearer situation where you could say, you know what, there's no victim, you can't arrest this person. That's just the way it works. Now localities could have something if they wanted to about the sale of this type of thing or that sort of thing under the First Amendment, uh, which allows for localities to have those types of laws. And I think that's an excellent sort of cipher or or analogy to the free market paradigm, which is the the towns themselves could make those types of, of rules if they wanted to become that intrusive and, and say you can or cannot have these, we'll have inspections or whatever, who knows. But when you come down to these sort of things with young young people who cannot protect themselves and 50-year-old guys trying to prey upon them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you've got a sting operation, as Mark says, there is no victim. So it, I think it depends the the paradigm under which you're you're operating. If you're operating in a market paradigm, in a non-government paradigm, the localities can set those rules, and I would trust them to be able to set rules that, for preventative reasons, they could have rules that would not allow people to do these types of things, and they could allow for for stings. Another example is if you had privatized roads. Would you allow along those privatized roads bars or not allow bars? Mm. What would be the likelihood in your town? Would you allow people to to drink alcohol or not based on the propensity that they might get into a car? It's not illegal to drink alcohol. You're not bringing harm to yourself. And it's the likelihood is higher that you'll be bringing harm to someone else, but you're not necessarily bringing harm to someone else by entering into a car drunk. It's true. So those sort of ambiguous situations – I think are best cleared up by society, not government, by free markets, and people can voluntarily sign on to those things. You know then, what? Yeah, I think yeah. you're, I think you're right on that. And I think I did jump. Uh, I think I my emotions took hold, Mark, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, in this particular case, you're right. There is no victim. Mm-hmm. There was some certainly some sick intent here. In which case, I think maybe it would be more effective to simply publish the chat log. You know, to do kind of what the uh, perverted justice guys do, except they do it to guys going after yeah, you know, who's teenagers. Gonna, who's in a free market scenario where there is no government to do this? Because this was a cop that did this. Somebody, you know, a, mm-hmm. a civil servant, uh, you know, somebody that we paid to do this. And I, I say they're doing their job, and they're doing it well. Um, but in in the free market, who's going to be out there looking for, um, you know, trying to catch this guy and then publishing, uh, you know, perverted the, justice? The the well then. Who's per, um, but this are you kidding per, me? You don't this know wasn't perverted is? justice no, in this particular it instance. Been. Um, they tend to go. They tend to go after uh, the guys that are interested in teenage girls. So and then, and then you know, there's I no mean, reason why it could be the done chat log is going to be huge. Who's going to so read post it? Some excerpts like this in this article. Uh, and him talking it is, about it how it'll go gentle. It is interesting uh, how we view victimless crimes under the state system in which we are currently forced to live. Yeah. Uh, pretty much forced. We don't have too many other choices around. Sure. Uh, and uh, so you say to yourself, okay, vic- victimless crime, um, is there a difference between victimless crime without any intent to go after anyone else? And victimless crime with the intent to go after anyone else. You could potentially look at that as a threat. It's right, a, because this is uh, this is the type of crime that you can't really do a full sting on. You, right. you couldn't possibly have a five-year-old kid waiting in a house somewhere uh, and bring this guy in a room and 
get the kid naked? At what point is the crime committed? I mean, is it actually when he touches the kid or is it when he takes the kid's clothes well, you off? Know, I mean, you at have, what there, point? There is criminal threatening. There are criminal threatening laws. So, for example, if somebody were to say something to you, say, I'm going to kill you, then you could you could get them prosecuted. It's criminal threatening. I want to touch your your son. Could that well, be considered this, a threat? This, that's one. That's a, that's one of the tricky things. That could be a criminal threat. If oh, it would definitely be a criminal threat if there is a real person behind that. But in this case, the mother made the deal, so it wasn't necessarily a threat per se. Well, no, yes, it's still the criminal, statutory criminal threatening. Yeah, and I bet you it's that child would, that that child didn't, and I bet that child would struggle and be very upset. Right. Probably. Right. But but this is the tricky thing. What if there were no child? I mean, there have been plenty of stings where there's an adult on MySpace posing as as an. I don't believe person. there was a child in this case. Right. Not. Right. So let's say there wasn't. Is it really criminal threatening? Because it's abstract. Then there is no individual who's really the object of the threat. Is it thought crime? Is what it is. Right. Uh. Yeah, I mean, he's thinking in his mind. He's getting off on the idea. He really wants to do it, and it sounds right. like he's done it in he the past. He did more than think about it, though. He took a lot of steps. He flew to. He was flying yeah, to he Detroit. Was, he was right. going to arrive. I'm sorry. But that's true. Good and he did. Me. He did admit in the conversation that he'd done it before. So that's perhaps right. that would be enough to uh, to charge him with something. I mean, he doesn't necessarily. He didn't specify who he did it to. Well, you would need. You would need to um, put a location on it to be, to get a charging body. You would need to um, know, you know, a victim. You'd need. Right. To know. Well, those are all in the government paradigm. And the, other, I mean, the other part of that is it probably wouldn't be admissible under his Miranda rights. Under the Miranda case, he was not he was not aware of his rights that it could incriminate him. So actually, so they probably can't even admit that. In so case. this that might actually be a tough court case in the government system, whereas in a market system things might be a little bit stricter actually that's a great point that is an excellent excellent point because they could set up standards that would be even even more open to allow that sort of thing in there right people could choose if they wanted to deal with those systems or not yeah that's all we needed is he said he did this he's a sicko here's the chat log Uh, as far as we know this was him talking and not his son or whatever it's base ogres like this this disgusting individual that tell me that this whole free market thing just simply don't work no, it's just I the fact the that you can't envision work. how the market would work. We Mark, need you just don't have vision. You are not in search of a profit, to handle this sir. Crap. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, that's the, where the mindless uh, run to when they can't think up anything creative. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry, it's working. Is it working? Uh, this, did this little five year old get raped? There was no five year old in the first place. Uh, how do you know? It didn't work to stop him the other times, did it? What about the ones, all the ones he did rape? And how hmm? would the free market system have stopped it? I think it could have been even more. There is nobody out there in the free market looking to stop him because they believe the government's perverted justices. They're not looking for people uh, going after five-year-olds. They're looking for people going after 15-year-olds, Mark. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. How would the market, how do you think the marketplace would handle this? Or you think that uh, everything is just peachy keen with the government system? This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800 259 9231. The Sankle CAI toll free line. Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features for free. Enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and purchase some products at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a cut of virtually anything you order, whether it be one of their brand new products from 41 categories you can shop in, or a used product. We'll get a cut. 
if you enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. Let's go to the phones, to the fun talk, to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, I was listening to Saturday's podcast and realized, uh, you know, I called at the air race and... uh, uh, when the planes went by, of course, it was uh, unintelligible, so you, you uh, dropped the call and went on to the next uh, subject. But before you did, you stated something about seeing video of the plane crashing into the crowd and people on fire and all that. Yes, yes. I, I just wanted to qualify. Such a thing has never happened at the Reno Air Races. Uh, apparently, oh, okay. apparently you were looking at video. Of I didn't a, say it was the Reno Air Races. I didn't even yeah. know what air race you were at. I knew you were in Nevada, but that's about all I knew. Right. I, there, there was some video of some air race where somebody got incinerated. In the yeah, crowd. it actually wasn't an air race. That was an air show in uh, it was in Europe, and I don't recall exactly. Where now, what it was. what's the difference between an air show and an air race? There's just in the in the show. There's no race. It's still planes just flying around. Right. In a show, you're looking at uh, static uh, either flybys or mm-hmm. aerobatic displays and things of that nature. And, of course, uh, the Reno Air Races does have all those things in between the races. Mm-hmm. But it's the only place where you can actually go watch people in big, expensive, loud uh, airplanes racing each other around a course, uh, around a pilot. Uh, a course that's laid out by pylons. And and unlike in NASCAR where only you know crashes happen sometimes they don't always result in flames if a, if a plane comes down you it's probably going to be pretty gruesome. Ugh. Actually it's not technically I mean it's not always that way. We we did have the worst probably the most gruesome one this year which was an L39 Albatross jet which crashed uh, right along the front line and Yikes! Burst, burst into a ball of flames. But how close was that to uh, the viewers? It was uh, quite a ways from the viewers. It was fairly close to home pylon, which is where I happened to be at the time. Jeez, that has got to be frightening. And, yeah, it was. It was pretty shocking. But this is the first time we've ever had a jet crash. Uh, I don't expect to see it ever happen again. Well, glad you made it out alive, Gene. Hey, uh, yeah. on another there note, were no, nobody injured. There was no one injured. But the now, since on another note, since you're the Christian anarchist, uh, and you just heard us talking on while you're on hold at least about this uh, five-year-old uh, that was, uh, or a theoretical five-year-old that was going to be uh, molested by this sick federal prosecutor uh, traveling from Florida to Detroit in order to uh, commit the deed. Uh, how do you feel like, uh, you know, in a world without government, a situation like that would be handled? What's your vision for that? Well, I've made it pretty clear in the past that a situation like that would be handled by the family. And um, justice at the hands of the victims and the victim's family. It would not take place in a court of law. In my, uh, in my book, it would be the old-fashioned way where uh, justice is dealt out by the, uh, the people that are most affected by the crime. Very good. Gene. Now, what, what about if, um, let's say the, uh, the scenario was, and, and there's somebody out there like this, Gene. Let's say the scenario was that instead of it was a fake, you know, the, the, the cop was uh, faking it, that in fact there was a woman that was willing to sell for the right amount of money the uh, services of her five-year-old. Then the family can't really protect. No, but there would, uh, there would be somebody else, or, or, there would, uh, or there would be no one. I mean, there are... In an anarchistic society, it is hardly perfect. It's not a perfect society, um, but neither is the situation we have now. In fact, I think the situation we have now is a lot worse than an anarchistic society. 
But if you ever remember, you know, if you look back, there was an old movie called Pretty Baby. And it was, um, what's her name's first movie? Jodie Foster? No. 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 Um, well, I don't know. Uh, very famous but it girl matter. actress now. Anyway, she was like 12 or 13 at the time, and she was, even did like um, uh, a nude scene from the back. So here, technically, this would qualify as child porn today, but you can actually rent that movie on Netflix. It's called hmm. Pretty Baby. Oh, hmm. Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields, That's yeah. It. Oh, okay. okay. And, and uh, she was a child prostitute, and her mother was a prostitute, and she got, you know, inducted into the prostitution game when she was like 14 because, you know... She grew up in the whorehouse, and uh, right. And, and a lot of these, the movie, but right. In a lot rate, of these cases, the government's not ever going to be there to uh, to catch these guys. Right, and I mean, you know, those kind of things will happen, and they do happen, and uh, it's not it's not a nice thing to think about. Certainly but not. People do some some terrible things, and um, eventually somebody will. Uh, Check their clock. There you go, Gene. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's talk about how things like this can happen in the real world outside of the Internet, because it's easy for the cops to set up an Internet sting. They just, you know, go into the sicko chat rooms and start talking to people. Eventually, they'll, you know, they'll find one that will bite. Uh, But in the real world, the situations that uh, bring weird, sick stuff like this about is... Usually people that are on crack or meth or something like that. That's usually what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a mother who, in her right mind, would never consider doing something like this. But when she's fiending for her next hit of crack cocaine and she's all out of money, and then she's got a sicko dealer who would be interested in something like that, that absolutely could come up. She could absolutely say, well... I'll offer you my daughter, you know, however old the daughter is. Could be 12, could be 5, could be whatever. And then, uh, you know, she enters into some sort of an agreement with, uh, whoops, then she enters into some sort of an agreement with the dealer, and that's how the things happen. And no one ever knows about it. So I think that one of the ways we could reduce, a realistic way to reduce uh, this kind of sick, these sick encounters would be to legalize drugs. Because then you wouldn't have these cracked out moms in, uh, or meth head moms uh, in, these, it's in, the, in a state of needing cash because the drugs would be affordable. Uh, if drugs were legal, you'd be able to afford them uh, working at McDonald's, for instance. And so you wouldn't have to sell the services of your son or daughter. Right. Um, uh, you know, it's true. I mean, alcohol's uh, reasonable. I, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's a good drug or anything, but it's reasonably priced. So, right. There aren't so, many alcoholic parents uh, selling off their kids. Sex. Right. As, as is cigarettes. And if you look at. Look Look back at when heroin was legal, and and back when exactly. all drugs were legal, yeah. they were you know very affordable. You could send your kid to buy the heroin back in the day if yeah. you wanted to. Let's go unscreened to the amplifier line. Who is this? This is Rob in Atlanta. Hey Rob, what's on your mind? Well, I want to talk about this uh, pervert situation and uh, how it would be handled by the free market. Okay, great. Okay, well, in the mythical land of free marketopia, <laughs> what we would have is ostracism. And, you know, I think a lot of times people, when they hear ostracism, they think about how it works maybe in a small community. You just don't talk to this guy. He goes on about his business, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about a real free market world with widespread instant communications and, and uh, reputation agencies which rate your reputation, essentially a person who is universally ostracized will starve to death because they cannot get any sort of employment. They can't buy food from my business because I don't want to serve them. Right. So, so what you're talking about is, at the end of the day, 
um, these sorts these sorts of things, even where there is no victim, there would not be any punishment in the sense that there would be no action by any outsider which would generate a liability because they wouldn't be violating any of his private any of his property rights. However, there's no obligation whatsoever for me to sell you food, do business with you, employ you, or any other thing. Absolutely right. So, so what you will so what you will end up having having is is a guy like this. Yeah, you're free to go back to your house. You probably won't be able to uh, to to go out on the street unless you have some sort of contractual agreement where they where they where you are specifically allowed on your street. But once you get beyond your street at the street where you normally pay a toll or whatever it is to get to your job, you can't go there. You're not going to be able to go back to your job. You're not going to be able to go around the corner and go to the grocery store because the merchant's not going to sell to you. Your neighbors aren't going to talk to you. You're either going to have to leave, go become a hermit on some island somewhere. You're going to starve to death where you are, or you'll be shot dead while you're trying to break into someone's house and steal food from them. Mm. Yeah. It's quite a vision. And in the uh in the event that indeed someone is falsely accused, of course, that person could uh could take it to an arbitrator and they could say, Look, I didn't do this. I don't know what they're saying, it wasn't me, and they could hopefully, you know, show them that uh, they've been framed or whatever and not have their reputation damaged, and I'm sure there'd be oh, some absolutely. sort of checks and balances. Well, I mean, you're not going to have any. There, there will be no obligation to for some to force someone to ostracize you. So the only way you would have a universal ostracization for the situation would be if the evidence were truly overwhelming and the person just could not make any sort of case that they were innocent. Right, I mean, like would, in the case yeah. where the guy shows up at the Detroit airport and or you know with the intention of going to this person's house. Exactly. I mean, so as opposed to it, just it a chat log. Like a chat log's not good enough. It would be enough. overwhelming evidence. It would be overwhelming right. evidence. It would not be. And like I say, everyone would have to agree to it in order for this for 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 uh, for someone to be universally ostracized. You it's not got it. It would just happen, and then all of a sudden you can't do anything about it. No, every individual would have to agree to it. Great call as always, awesome. Rob. Thanks, dude. It's been Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Just because you can't envision how the marketplace would handle it doesn't mean it wouldn't be able to. See you tomorrow night. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.